at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop writer, Kristen. Hello, how are you, Aaron? Uh, tired. I've <laughs> been up for 13 straight hours. Oh no, you need some sleep, man. Yeah, I know. And like, look, 13 doesn't sound like a lot, but like... But it's... mentally, it's a lot on your body. Yeah, and and like, actually, we're pretty we're coming up on 14, but like, it's oh, not no. even 8 o'clock yet. Like, it was just an early morning and a long day, so... Oh. And I didn't get a chance to nap. Well, sorry, I had a chance to nap in the car and I didn't take it because I oh you should have needed that's to eat, so. what I like to take advantage of. I love it when someone else drives because then I always fall asleep in the car. I'm I, I was planning like, on sleep. sleeping and then I was just like I need food, so I'm going to oh. eat this food and then and then I had to talk with my wife about some things in the oh. car and then it was like well I could get a ten minute nap in maybe if I tried. So anyway, so <sighs> but that's okay. I'm here. I'm happy to. I'm excited to do this podcast. It should be a lot of fun. Me too. We uh. We were supposed to do a TV catch-up this week, but I messaged Kristen and I said, hey, here are your options. We can continue with that or we can do an anticipation of the 2023 films um, because we had that last year and I think the year before, but I, for some reason I didn't put it in the schedule. So um, I said, we can do whichever one you want. And she said, let's talk about 2023 films. So we'll do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm flexible with whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. I love talking about films. So whatever it is, I'm down. Yeah. We'll t- I, we will talk about some TV later as well. So mm-hmm. in the spinoff. So you'll still get a little bit of TV. We'll start off. We'll do the coming attraction like normal. And then we'll do essentially like very abbreviated versions of coming attractions. And a lot of these like we don't have any footage of. <laughs> and a lot of these a lot of these movies aren't going to come out this year. Yeah. Like that's just kind of the nature of it. You know, like I'm doing this last year. Like there are definitely some movies that are coming out this year that we talked about last year. So yeah, you know, it's just bound to happen. Delays and whatnot. But or like, you know, the things come out and you're like, like, we got to get New York and L.A. first and then we got to get the anticipation going. Right, right, right. Well, not only that, but like you have movies that you're like, oh, that should be great. Right. And then you see a trailer and you're like that. Nope. So and then you walk away from it being like, eh, I don't know if I really want to see that anymore. Right. Well, and there's always there's always films, too, that we're going to miss because like there's a lot of films that aren't announced. So uh, yeah, that, that are, are going to come a lot of the like awards baity ones typically like like i i don't think like i knew that that, like a film like she said was coming out you know when we did this episode last year so yeah i was like i remember it was it like in discussion but like i had no idea it was being filmed like yeah Yeah. so soon and then all of a sudden it's released and then i'm sitting in the theater and towards the end of november being like oh wow here's the harvey weinstein movie (laughs) there we go so anyway just kind of a that's that we'll talk about the films in general a lot of things that probably aren't on your radar and some of them should stay off and some of them should stay on. So we'll talk about it. And then we'll give our top 10 most excited uh, ranked films of the year. So which ones we're most excited for. And then we'll do a spinoff like normal. Uh, but first, we get a chance to talk with Kristen for a bit. You've been on the show, I think, three times. I think this is my third time because the last time I was here, I was with Shane. Shane, no, no. yes. Was no, it? Was Jane? I no I'm, I got you confused with May. May was on because May did this episode last year. Okay. Um, was it? It was. Was it Mike? It, it was like at the time when Fire started came out, so it was like back in May. 
May. May? So I could there, certainly. There was somebody else on. That's okay. There, I can't remember who, but it was, very, it was a good conversation. I, I remember it being long, but it was a good conversation. Yeah, that's a lot of the time here. So. And then, let's see. Yeah, everything else is good. I just wrote my review, and hopefully it'll be published soon for something at from Tiffany's, which I thought was kind of cute for a holiday film. And then, yes, I'm all over like Instagram on, and Twitter while we still have it before it goes all into crashing flames from Elon Musk. You know, I'm mm-hmm. still on there. You can follow me at Kflamingo. And I'm also the co-host of the MK Productions podcast. And yeah, you can catch me anywhere if you just follow me at Miss Flamingo on Instagram. There we go. Kristen, I had a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. We are, this episode will launch, uh, I mean, we're recording it this week, but this episode is going to launch like just a few days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So do you have any Christmas traditions, anything that you do movie wise or even just family wise, something that you're, you're, especially if it's something unique or like, do you have like a go-to Christmas movie or show oh, or yeah, something? Let's see. I would like to say like, you know, Elf is always playing in my house around the Christmas season. So sure. I feel like that's a staple in tradition and houses like, you know, like I feel like people in the nineties always watched like a uh, Christmas vacation in their mm-hmm. households in the nineties. And now it's like, we're in this millennial stage where a lot of millennials are like, Oh my God, Elf is like the best Christmas movie. And I, since I am one of those millennials, I love watching Elf on Christmas and just having it on repeat and quoting it. And you know, my family getting sick of it. It's just a tradition. So I love doing that around the holidays. And then, yeah, I always spend time with my family. And then I always like picking out a movie to go see at the theaters with my, you know, I'm like, this is going to be the award season movie. We all got to go see it. So I'm sure it's going to probably be Babylon and <laughs> sure. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, just a nice little simple Christmas. So, you know, I don't know. Do you do any family traditions? It's, we don't really have tradi- like family traditions anymore because like we're all across the country, my siblings okay. and I, I mean, so we go over, like I celebrate with my wife's family, like pretty much every year um, okay. on Christmas day. And it's like, yeah, we do food and wine. Like that's like, the simple like way to do people. it. Yeah. Like we do food and wine and presents. And sometimes we like, it's typically like everybody gets one person a present, but then like, usually we have like a more like my wife's nuclear family. Like we do like Christmas Eve, like maybe there's a couple more presents or something. Or do you do like the white elephant? Uh, No, we haven't done white elephant. Uh, I'm sure we will do it one year. Uh, We did. We did decide this year that we were going to do thrift Christmas. So everything had to come from like a thrift store. Unique. Love yeah. that. Yeah. So it, it it's been a lot of fun. Uh it's been challenging sometimes, but oh, it's, yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Because then you gotta think like outside the box. Right. You gotta think outside the box. It's a lot, you know, harder to find and you you might have something in mind for somebody, but you have to So we, we did it with the clause with if you had already purchased something that that can be grandfathered in. Oh, okay. So we did that, but yeah, we 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 kinda do that. Um I'm we don't necessarily have like Christmas staples in our household. I told my wife it's one of those things that like I would like to do. I mean, we're about to celebrate our third anniversary, and like Aww. we like I would like for like we like Alf and and we like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is probably like the most like consistent one that we watch. Okay, but like I would I would one, like for understand. us to have you know a Chris, Christmas traditions, Chris, movies that we watch every year around December, and um, like that would be great. Mm-hmm. So, but it seems like recently, um, since doing this podcast and the editing job, like I feel more of a commitment to stay up to date on movies. Mm-hmm. So during yeah. Christmas time, I'm 
not watching, you know, Rudolph and Elf and whatever. So I'm looking at, uh, I would really like to get in a good chunk of movies before the top five of the year episode comes out in three weeks. Yeah. So, and I would like to watch, let's see, uh, stuff that's still on my watch list from this year that I think I, like, I got more on my watch list than just this, but these are the ones that I like really want to hit before that comes out. Um, After Sun. Okay. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, mm-hmm. uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, She Said, Triangle of Sadness, Banshees of Inisherin, All Quiet <gasps> on the Western so Front, The Menu, Bros, Pearl, Clerks Three, Prey, The Whale. Oh, I love that. And uh, th- there's a couple more if I can squeeze them in, but like I feel like those are the ones that I'm like, look, I don't think Pearl's gonna be up for any awards or anything like that, but like. Uh- I really I like that. Is nominated so. for like Film Independent Spirit Awards because of Mia Goth. Sure, sure. But yeah. like otherwise, it's a d- damn shame that Mia Goth is not nominated for anything for like. She look, it, she She's might so good. She might be. I I do performer of the year, and I consider all the films that a certain person is in. So like, look, I'm just, she might. So, but there's yeah. a couple others in there that like you know devotion and weird and. I saw Devotion. That one was and, really good. And Blonde and Barbarian and Honk for oh, Jesus. Blonde, no. Yeah. Like so, like you know, there's more that I haven't seen that I would like to see, but like I'm not concerned about seeing them before I put my top five of the year list out. You know, so. Um, but the ones that I mentioned earlier, those are the ones I would try. I, I want to try to get around in the next three weeks. So, going to be a pretty full schedule for me. I recommend I if there's three on that list, if I could recommend you seeing, and that mm-hmm. is the Whale, the Menu. And definitely Gamel del Toro's Pinocchio. Those three you have yeah. to see. Those gotta it's, see. It's gonna come down to accessibility at this point. Because mm-hmm. just in terms of time, you know, not having to do trailers or drive to a movie theater or find a time that works on my schedule. A lot of these movie watchings are gonna be starting at 10 p.m., you know? So Yeah, true. So a lot of it's gonna come down to accessibility. So Pinocchio is on Netflix. That's anytime, so that's an but- easy. Until the menu or... Um, the menu should probably be coming out soon on demand, I feel like. Yeah, but look, here's the other thing. I'm it's gonna I'm gonna do the ones that I don't have to pay $20 to rent first. Very true. So, like, that's still just pretty steep for me. You know, especially if it's like I'm, I'm almost watching for a rushing purpose. So, anyway, that's the stuff I'm trying to get around to in the next three weeks. I would like to get to those before the top five episode comes out, so... Definitely. I, at the very least, if I could get those, I think eleven done, I could feel pretty comfortable with that. That's not quite a movie a day, but yeah, like, but like Avatar, I'll obviously have to go to a theater to see. Yeah. Oh, anyway, one more question before we move on. Uh, random generator. I'm scrolling through something right now. Ooh. Let's see here. Kristen, is there a habit that you'd like to break? Oh gosh, a habit I would like to break. Um, I don't. Oh, it's hard for me to think about it because I feel like if I do something, like I don't even realize I'm doing it. Like mm. one thing is like I'll like bite my nails sometimes, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. And I feel like that's like a subconscious thing. Like I don't even realize I'm doing that. And I feel like that's biting a na- your nails is a very common thing for people. Like I'm kind of someone I'm like, oh, if I see a hangnail, I'm gonna bite my nail. <laughs> it sounds so gross to be talking about it, but that's one habit I would like to break. <laughs> Uh, that's my answer as well. I would love to stop biting my nails. I just, I do it subconsciously. And then like, I bite them too, like, like too much. And then they just, they hurt. So I actually, oh yeah, like a big set of like, you know, like those finger condoms that you can like, 
put on that you're supposed to like put on when you're in like a restaurant industry and you get a bandaid or a cut and you're supposed to put it on. Oh, like okay. I, like I bought a good, I bu- a good chunk of those to, so I could keep her on the house so I can put them on when I'm noticing uh, myself biting a lot Sometimes or, when I, or if they are just hurting. So um, I sound so silly when I say this, but like when I get, you know, for my full-time job, you know, sometimes I get like nervous in meetings. So like right at my desks, since yep. I get to work from time, home from time to time, I have one of those fidget toys the ones that like it's got the poppets on it someone gave it to me for free and i was just like all right let me just try to use it and it has helped me in so many circumstances when it's like my boss is like oh kristen are you gonna do this are we gonna do this are we gonna make sure like when is the due date and sometimes i'm just like don't bite your nails yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah so but yeah one other habit if i can break bites prevent the nails from you know not losing my fingernail, I would like to stop, you know, biting my nails. Yeah, yeah, I me can. too. <laughs> That'd be a great habit to break. Let's 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 try to do it together in 2023. Res- so. New Year's resolution. Yeah, we'll we'll come back next December and we'll, we'll see how on, long our I'll fingernails are. I'll come back are. for this specific episode and I'll tell you where I'm at a year from now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if this episode exists a year from now. We'll see. I don't know because we're changing up the calendar. We'll change up the we, you know we're changing up the way we do it. Which yeah, I'll talk about more later, but. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll move on to the coming attractions. A Man Called Otto is a film coming out this week. Uh, Jan- or so, well, it, all right. So Wikipedia said this week, the poster says, and IMDb says January 13th. So it's probably one of those New York and LA gets it now and everybody else gets it in a couple of weeks. We're going to get a lot of these. I think Babylon is the same way. I don't think it goes wide. No, until... no, it goes out the 23rd. I think it's going out nationwide the 23rd. They changed the release date around with that. Okay. Uh, a man called Otto. Otto is a gump who's uh, given up on life following the loss of his wife and wants to end it all. When a young family moves in nearby, he meets his match in a quick-witted Marisol, leading to a friendship that will turn his world around. Directed by Mark Forster and based off of a novel, uh, the, A Man Called Uva uh, by Frederick Backman and based off of a foreign film, the same name. And this and that film was, I think, previously was nominated for Academy Award too. Like that that's what I've heard. Thing. Yeah. So I got to see the original. So I kind of want to see that before I make any decisions on like how I thought it was. The the big cast here is the lead is Tom Hanks. Yeah, I don't know that cute. I recognize many other people, although I do recognize and love Mike Birbiglia. So that is a win in my book. Um, he's in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Biglia is like an interesting casting choice. And I think anything with Tom Hanks is an absolute watch, in my opinion. And yeah. it's unique from what the director has done because he's done like, you know, Kite Runner and Quantum of Solace, uh, Machine Gun Preacher, World War Z. And then he went to do Christopher Robin. And now he's got a man called Hollywood. I think he's just taken a unique turn with his career from yeah. making like these like, big gung-ho action films like a James Bond and now he's making Tom Hanks who's a cranky old man to be a sweetheart (laughs) it's very similar to another Mark Mark Webb who did like 500 days of summer and then the amazing Spider-Man you know and then went back into the like more I think I think he did he he did the um he did the gifted gifted. yeah he did gifted yeah and to be fair they're both named Mark so Mark's gonna stick together and do their soft warm movies (laughs) right 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 so for me, on the anticipation level, I'm uh, I'm fully in theaters on this one. I think this one's going to be a delight. I just yeah, same. Just would if I have all the time in the world, this this one would be on the list of would like to see before the end of the year. But again, accessibility is going to come down to it, and I don't think it's going to be like wide until 
um, the 13th. And I would love to see it mm-hmm. for, before my top five. We'll see if that happens. You mentioned Babylon, so we'll talk about Babylon uh, real quick. Uh, A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous success. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era era of unbridled decadence and depravity in in early Hollywood. Written and directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Gene Smart, Olivia Wilde. I thought there was like a a, a lot. I mean, those are four like really big names, but I I thought this was one of those like, like Amsterdam or... Oppenheimer where it's just like oh here's a bunch of people but maybe not and that's that's okay that, that's still a pretty great cast so I love the cast I was associated with before this um, film so. so on a free will is the only thing that matters for this we're going to take out your schedule and budget or whatever uh, Babylon would you check this out in theaters wait till you can rent it at home wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for or are you just not interested in it oh I'm paying full price for this I'm yeah. going to pay full price IMAX or Dolby True form cinematic experience. I'm putting every single penny I have into this, into that ticket. I'm very excited about Babylon. Like, for those who don't know me, like, I, everybody who at least knows me knows I love Damien Chazelle, and mm-hmm. clearly he's like in my room, my well, I'm poster. Like, that's how much I worship Damien Chazelle like crazy. So I'm very excited. I'll pay anything to watch anything Damien Chazelle. Yeah. Even if he produces it. He's. He's got my, I think, I think four and five favorite films of all time with Whiplash and La La Land. Oh, Sam, and I, I, I and I still love First Man is. too. Like even yeah, First if, Man is is great. Yeah, it, it's not in my top hundred, but it's great. No, it's not my top hundred either, but it's still a great film. Yeah, and I watched, I did check out semi recently, Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, and it's, oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's not great, but it's far from awful. Um, and That's what a lot of people said about that one, and I was like, yeah. I, Totally attested that. Like the big three are Whiplash, La La Land, and First right. Man. I think those are really it's like, I'm willing to give it a little credit because it was a very early like student film from him. You and know? it so, was so like his student film. I would I would compare it on par to Following for Christopher Nolan. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's fine. It's not great, but it's also far from terrible. And it's also like a good stepping stone because it incorporates like what he his ideas, especially like yes. the musical stuff, and you know. So, um, you ha- the, this film had me at uh, Damien Chazelle um, opening weekend immediately, uh, but everything else is icing on the cake. And um, this is one of those that, like, I've avoided the trailer as much as I could. I, I, I think I've seen it two or three times, and I still couldn't tell you a thing about the movie. And that's brilliant. So, really excited to go to this one. Honestly, I think more than any other film, if there's one that I'm actually going to go buy a ticket to before, like, in the next three weeks, it's going to be this one. Because, like I said, I would love to go see A Man Called Otto. I would really love to go see Avatar, um, but but absolutely, if I have some free time to go catch Babylon, that one is the one. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people are going to go see that one. I feel like it'll be that one will be the more popular one. I think Babylon and Avatar, the ones are going to be competing for people's movie ticket the most. Well, and like, look, to be clear, like, I'm not going to not see Avatar in a theater. I I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to not go, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not worried if I don't hit Avatar for the deadline, you know. I will be worried if I don't hit Babylon for the for the deadline. Yeah, for that's that, my concern for too for that's, our list. So, and Avatar will be playing in theaters. I mean, look, I think Top Gun Maverick is still playing in theaters. Like Avatar is going to be until at least it hits home video, and my guess is still for a while after that. Yeah. So yeah, they're extending those release dates for on home at home digital now. Now that we. Uh, well, I feel like movies. I feel like it's going to be one of those. It's going to be a while before we get a, uh, a release of a home release of Avatar 2. But 
but either way, like I said, I think I think Top Gun is still showing like one showing a, every day at a theater 20 minutes away from me. Oh, wow. Like and, and that movie's been out on physical for like two months. So, yeah. Uh, and digital for another month. You know, And then it's so. going to come to, I believe, Paramount Plus December 23rd to this Friday. If you oh, cool. if you weren't one of the millions of people who didn't get to see Top Gun Maverick, you have the chance to this weekend. <laughs> It's almost remarkable that that movie hasn't set any box office records because it's been in theaters so long. Like, and people have still been like, I remember like even after it was out on digital, like people were still like, yeah, I went to go see this movie four months after release and it still had a relatively packed theater. Like, you know, yeah. I know it, I know it did really well in the box office, but it's almost just like, how does a movie last this long and not like be the highest grossing domestic movie of all time or whatever? Yeah. It's so weird, honestly. Like, I, I don't know. It still baffles me, but <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Babylon is just it's it's that one that if I only get a chance to see one of them in the theaters, the next one movie in the theaters for the next three weeks, it's going to be Babylon. Agreed. So, uh, last one we have is Women Talking. Oh, I want to see this one too. Uh, written and directed by Sarah Polly. Uh, mm-hmm. Do nothing, stay and fight or leave. In 2010, the women of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling a brutal reality with their faith. Mostly, let's see, uh, starring Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Francis McDormand. I think that's all I recognize. Is there anybody else that I'm like missing that I should be like? Oh, Ben Wishaw is pretty far <laughs> ben down. Ben Wishaw is really good. I don't know if there's anybody else that I'm like missing in the IMDb credits. Um, uh, that, that you're like, how I'm did you miss this person? On my list, but. So. And Sarah Polly, she yes. she's an actress too. Oh, that's she was the lead actress from uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. That's where I mostly know her from. And she's in Go, which is a great movie. She's in Splice, which is like a horror film. She was in uh, Jared Leto's movie called Mister Nobody. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, so she's done some acting. To be fair, and then I just think she's got a unique, I guess, directing career because she did like. The only thing I recognize is Take This Waltz. That's the one I recognized. Otherwise, and I, I never saw that seen, one. Yeah, I haven't seen the rest, though, but I've heard this woman talking is phenomenal. Yeah, I uh, uh, why don't we get to the ranking? Your free will is the only thing that matters. Uh, would you go check it out in theaters? Wait till you can rent it at home, streaming service or not interested? I think I'm going to go see it in theaters and I'm going to do like that matinee showing, you know, like sure. if I'm, you know. Like it's a good. I feel like it's gonna be a good matinee watch when you don't got nothing to do other than like Babylon. Like Babylon is like a Saturday night ticket. Women talking. I feel like is a good like middle of the week watch when there's nothing going on. You know. Mm, sure. That's how I feel. Uh, yeah. Use use women talking to break up your avatar and uh, Babylon screenings. Um, yes. I um. Uh, my wife's aunt does this tradition where she uh goes and re- and just gets like four or five tickets to movie theaters throughout the whole day. It's usually oh, well, like I used to do the same thing with my friends. Yeah, it's usually I think the day after Christmas she does it, and uh, but they'll be out of state this year, so I don't know if they're going to do it over there. They're going to do it sometime when they come back, but I'm gonna maybe maybe that'll be the exception because I'll take off work to do that. You know, do it. It's all a day, fun all tradition. Day. My one of my college best friends and I used to do that. We did we did that twice, like not during like the Christmas, but like also Thanksgiving. Oh, my sister and I used to also doing it. Did it we did Christmas. it. So they they did it two years ago, but because that was um, twenty twenty, um, we were pretty limited. So uh, yeah, we watched. Yeah, not make sure theaters were have they had to clean everything, right? So. Right, and you know, like enforce masks and social distancing and all that. So yeah, um, we we saw Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and then went back to somebody's house and watched Soul. 
That was ours. Oh, okay. So like that's significantly fewer. But we were on we were even on family vacation in San Antonio last year and saw. Um, let's see, uh, we saw some of us saw five movies. Some of them stayed for two. I saw it was West Side Story, then American Underdog. I loved West Side then, Story. Then um, two more. I think I fumbled on this last week too because I think I was talking about it. Um, I know I ended the night with licorice pizza, and the other people that were still there saw Spider Man. Uh, and then I think in between there was. It was either four or five tickets total, but either way, that that was we did. That was a fun time. Fun. Yeah, I'm just I, like my family would do that, but I feel like my family gets tired after watching one movie. <laughs> Look, I if it's in a theater, I could stay all day. Um, at Me home, too. that's a different story. Yeah. So I'm tr- can't remember what the other ones uh, were. It would have been probably wasn't that wasn't we didn't no, it wasn't in Kanto. Man, this is interesting. It wasn't Dune, French Dispatch. I this is gonna drive me nuts um, until I figure out what this. Is. I think it wound up being four, and so we thought saw three together, and then and I think one of them went to go see Matrix while we while we saw American Underdog. Um, anyway, wasn't it? Right? Oh well, whatever. That's okay. So yeah, Women Talking looks great. I'm I'm also gonna land in theaters. Like I don't know that I'll actually get around to this one, but this is one of those like. If I had the time, I would absolutely go check it out in theaters. So, so for the for the sake of the scale, all three of these are theaters for me. They all sound riveting to me. Um, they're I, I think Women Talking in Babylon are more in the awards conversation. Like I know yeah. um, both of them are nominated for Best Picture for the CCA. A Man Called Otto is not. Um, yeah, Women I, Talking has that big special award from in- Film Independent that it's getting. Mm-hmm. It's getting the Robert Altman Award and. Uh, I believe Sarah Pauly is nominated for something in the Golden Globes category this year. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll keep up on the Golden Globes, but uh, I think it's fair to say that probably both Babylon and Women Talking should be Oscar nominees. Definitely, Babylon will be. Yeah, it's hard with to the way not that people it. talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to not imagine it. Have you know? Again, having not seen it, but even like critics are loving it. It's one of those, yeah, special. Um, Women Talking, I think, will probably make it in there, but. Um, we will see. So that art house movie, that's why so it's going to yeah. at least one art house movie has to get in there. And it's probably going to be that one. So anyway, that, that's not to take away from, I think it looks great. Um, I'd yeah, love to go does. see it. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for the films that are coming out. This uh, plenty of good stuff to come out. Just a quick reminder that uh, Patreon for the show, patreon.com slash Check it out. If you're interested in more content, what I am looking at doing is as I take a look at each of the new films um, that came out this year, that I am interested in, I'm going to try my best to record a very small, here's my initial thoughts of this film to any 2022 release that I see between now and publishing the top five of 2022 films. So the the next three weeks, um, any new films that I watch will be, yeah, will be uploaded as a Patreon exclusive um, to anybody that signed up. So just a little incentive, but that's fine. You can also just, you know, wait and hear my thoughts on letterbox or whatever let's move on to our stiff topic we'll talk about 2023 films plenty of stuff coming out so we won't talk about these as in depth but we will mostly just mention them and then just say in general whether it's it's more like a yay or nay as opposed to how excited are you like yay this is cool or nay like i don't really care you know or like here's or it's some of these are just hey here's something that should be on your radar so uh we'll start off january 6th with megan yeah nay that's simple enough yeah right <laughs> I mean, this is the january horror film 
um, yep. the big one. But like, there's been a couple of good ones that have come out recently, or at least intriguing ones. Um, this the trailer looks kind of intriguing for me. Honestly, the only thing holding me back from actually being excited about it is a, a January release. So like, I don't know. Like, I I don't think I'm gonna check this one out. But it's one of those that like, if it gets good reviews, like, yeah, I'll let it to watch list and watch it when it's on, you know, Netflix or whatever. So your your general observations, your general thoughts for Megan. I don't really care for it. I think I just like to poke fun of it because it's a meme now at this point in pop culture. Yeah. So, but yeah, I feel true. like I'm going to see this like eventually like on like a streaming service. So I really don't have an interest in it. And knowing it's like, like I'm scarred enough how the marketing has been going, knowing that James Blunt, Blom has been dressing up as Megan is mm-hmm. horrifying enough than the actual Megan character itself is horrifying. Yeah. So... <laughs> I don't, know, I don't think I'm going to see it. That's fair. January 20th, two movies that you should be on the lookout for. One of them is called The Sun. I have uh, actually is... seen this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's... Is it... So is this eligible for awards conversation? Oh, this yeah. Just not a wide... Okay. Yeah, it's this just is... not a wide release until the January 20th. January 20th. It came out already back in November, but yeah, Hugh Jackman has got it in the bag. I must say he's... He's top tier with, I would want to say, with Colin Farrell for Banshees, as well as Brendan Fraser for The Whale. And then I think it's going to be him. Those those three just fighting it out at this point for best actor. Uh, well, this is from the director of The Father, writer-director of The Father. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Hopkins makes an appearance in it. And he's, oh my gosh, that scene. When he, yeah, it's so good. It's very, very emotional. Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, Vanessa Kirby. Um, listed in the cast and the last 20 minutes oh my god just brings so many tissues with you folks because you are guaranteed to just oh gosh so Uh, also coming out that week uh when you finish saving the world this is a new a24 Mm -hmm. film starring julianne moore and finn wolfhard but probably the most intriguing thing about this is uh, Jesse Eisenberg writing and directing this. That's um Yeah, it's that's also a unique thing. Um he actually got to do this for an audible thing. So if you actually want to go check out the audible recording of it first and then go see this. I actually got to see this last year at Sundance when because you can do the online screening and this was one uh-huh. of the options. It wasn't bad. I must say it wasn't bad for his directing. It really wasn't that bad. It's so interesting to me how it seems like easier than ever actors can transition to writing to directing specifically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes writing, but it's like it it just doesn't seem like we used to get that right. We used to get like um, writer directors, or we used to get like just directors or whatever, you know, or, or directors that would like cameo in their own stuff, like Shyamalan or whatever. But like mm-hmm. we've had a lot of recently. I mean, you think of obviously Jordan Peele being a big breakout star from that. The from from an actor to a director, uh, but you yeah, even and look at like we just discussed Sarah Pauly. She is an Sarah Pauly, uh, Regina King with One Night in Miami. Yeah, I love that film. Yo, now we got Jesse Eisenberg, uh, a, a film we'll talk about later. Michael B. Jordan's directing Creed Three. Like it just seems like there has been a, a pretty like overwhelming amount of like n- not just at washed up actors, not not just like you know I, I want to say Clint Eastwood, but that's a bad example because he started directing like when he was still very much a a, a, a a lister but it's just like not nobodies you know not people that tried their hand in acting and were never going to break out big so now they're directing but like 
Um, not to say that Jesse Eisenberg is an A-list actor. I mean, he's great in the social network. And then I think his agents just poorly mishandled the rest of his career, but that's except for Zombieland. And, uh, Uh, Oh, and now you see me. I'm going to give him credit for now. You see me because I really enjoyed that movie. The first one. I kind of like 30 minutes or less for what it is. Oh gosh. I can't stand 30 minutes or less (laughs) for what it is. But yo, you, you have like legitimate, like T- very very well known and respected actors. I mean, uh, Denzel Washington directed uh, a Fences. film last year. Fences, right? And he did um, Journal for Jordan too. Yeah, yeah, that, he did. So, like, you know, you have really famous actors and actresses um, direct moving transitioning, and it just seems like that's happening more frequently. So, certainly and I say, why not give it a try? And if it's if the actor can do it, then do keep doing it. And not, then you just move yeah. on to something else. On January 26th, we have Teen Wolf the movie. Um, yes, this- I'm a guilty pleasure for Teen Wolf. This is a must. <laughs> this could be an A for me. Uh, I think this is hitting Paramount Plus like directly, mm-hmm. and that that just should say it all. Um, okay. <laughs> is this is this like a this? Correct me if I'm wrong. This is like connected to the series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and also this is around the same time Sarah Michelle Gellar is actually joining like the quote unquote Teen Wolf universe because she's getting her own show too. That. It's like a werewolf type of show. So I'm excited because this is going to like incorporate her Buffy the Vampire Slayer era. And I think that's really kind of cool. So I'm excited for that. So she's getting that show. And then Teen Wolf, I'm like, all right, I'm sold on this. I yeah I haven't seen the show but I'm just I'm not really interested in direct to Paramount Plus stuff anymore. You know? Oh okay. How come? Maybe some of the show like like the offer was pretty good, but that I didn't even watch that one yet. It's pretty good. Uh, So. Also, so January 27th, then, new movie coming to Netflix called You People, written by Jonah Hill. This will be his, he, he wrote and directed min, mid-90s. And then he also did the documentary that just came out, too, that's on Netflix. Which one? I believe. I think it's, let me, don't quote me on it. Hold on, I gotta pull it up based on the IMDb plot thing. It's called stutz st oh yes 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 yeah or no he, yeah he's also or yeah i guess he was he, he or directed no, he's, stutz yep yep he did yep yeah i was like wait it's just only listing it as a producer i hate the new how imdb is set up yeah. <laughs> like, he, sorry. he wrote and directed mid 90s directed stutz and um wrote but i don't think directed you people yeah no he uh he he was a part of a screenplay writing team with kenya barris so Starring Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill, Julie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Mike Epps, David Duchovny, Rhea Perlman. That's a like pretty solid. So anyway, it's a solid enough cast. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I kind of mid on it, but like it's it's worth noting, you know. Yeah. For me, uh, also uh, Infinity Pool, Brandon Cronenberg's new uh, Alexander yeah. Skarsgård, Mia Goth, who we mentioned earlier, starring in this one. What did Brandon Cronenberg do? I think he did something. He just did the Crimes of the what's it called future it was david cronenberg wasn't it this is his son right i always get the two mixed up yeah he's son of david cronenberg uh okay. david cronenberg did um the crimes of the future okay so then does that mean he did the possessor or is that his son who did that he did possessor that's the one i'm thinking of i really liked possessor okay yeah this one looks kind of cool though for pity i'm intrigued with mia goth and alexander sarsgaard yeah so yeah, uh, intrigued by the cast. I liked Possessor, but either way, it's 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 kind of one of those like, uh, yeah, we got like a famous son doing things now, um, and that's been happening semi recently too. I think there's been two or three people that are like, yeah, there's Brandon Cronenberg. Didn't isn't Spielberg's kid doing something? 
Like director, yeah, she's directing something with Thunder Road. She's doing yeah. what's up, what kind of project. She's directing some kind of feature. I don't remember, but I was just looking at it recently. But I know it's what she's teaming up with Thunder Road. Uh, moving on to February. Uh, Knock at the Cabin, M. Night Shyamalan's movie starring Dave Bautista and uh, David Groff. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you still interested in whatever Shyamalan has to come up with? Um... Uh... I guess yeah. at this point, it's just, it's a unique thing. I think at this point, and I, I, this one does not intrigue me as much as I guess old people did. Old yeah. People the trailer for old for, was ridiculously interesting and captivating. Um, this one looks. <laughs> yeah. It just looks like kind of like old school, like fun eighties horror. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I might see it, but I'm not, ex- it's not my, one of my most anticipated films though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably fall in the same category. Magic Mike's Last Dance. I haven't seen the first two. Are they worth watching? Oh, yeah. Magic Mike, I want to say, is a great, beautiful film. And not saying for how it is with the wonderful men that are in it, but it's a really well put together film by Steven Soderbergh. And there's a lot of depth to it. And, you know, with Channing Tatum. And it's got a great script and everything. I really did like it a lot. However, Magic Mike XL it gives what a lot of fans wanted, mm. but it still had fun to it, and it still had some serious moments, and the music is great in it. And I the same only one about the sequel. I enjoyed it. It's fun. My sister and I got to see it. it. Was it's a good time. It's a good time. But otherwise, I'm curious to see if how they're gonna mix like this unique tone and story. I felt like as a someone who has enjoyed the first two, this this third one should have came out earlier. You know. Now there's a chance to tell its story. So the film that everybody's been asking for, the sequel to Murder Mystery, Murder Mystery Two. Yeah, that's all we'll say. Yeah, then move on. I will shout it out because it is the first film my fiance and I got to see. We it was like our second date movie, and I was like, let's go back and watch a movie at my place. And we were just like, all right, well, let's just watch this latest Adam Sandler movie. And and mistakes well, we were made. Really care for it, and now we're engaged. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll have to watch the sequel. Maybe. Uh, Sharper, uh, also coming out on February 10th. Uh, Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. and A24 on this one. Uh, Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, Justin Smith, John Lithgow. That's a pretty great like top four. It looks so good. I saw some of the images for it, and it looks so good. Like, they did some promotional images right now, and it looks really, yeah. really good. Sure, why not? You know? February 17th uh, is when we get our first superhero film of the, uh, of the year. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Additions to the cast in uh, from the previous Ant-Man films is Jonathan Major, who will be playing Kang, who was in Loki, and then William Jackson Harper, who played Cheaty in The Good Place, and uh, Bill Murray's still kind of on an unspecified role. I think it was unspecified. And I think uh, this is like one of the first roles that he'll be starring in since this whole controversy, you know? Right. I think it was all filmed like before, before that. that. So it, it'll be interesting to see how and if they handle it. So... Yeah, so I, I'm still a Mur- Bill Murray fan at this point, just wondering if, but I'm hoping it turns out okay. Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, for now, fan, but mm-hmm. very close to on the border of like, uh, maybe we don't cast him in things anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see when more stuff gets revealed. So anyway, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I, look, I want to be so excited about this movie, but like part of the charm of why I really like Ant-Man is because it's like relatively low stakes and it's just 
so fun and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And Ant-Man and the yeah. Wasp is like a little bit like it tries to take itself a little bit more seriously. And I think it's I probably like it more than most people. But like, I, I like it, too. I don't, I don't love it by any means. So like it's it's just interesting that this one is going so big. And apparently the director, Peyton Reed, is to be responsible for that, because apparently he said uh, that he wanted it to be more. Uh, more like an Avengers level movie. And it's like, look, why can't we have these little cute Ant-Man movies? They're fun. Uh, who can't love Antony? And well, and this is a, uh, let's see, written by Jeff Loveness, which is kind of cool. Cause he's got some work on Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, and he will be doing the uh, Avengers Kang dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, that's nice. I feel like the Rick and Morty writers would be a really good for, you know, the next Ant-Man movie, but it's also like, you know, like mi- like again part of the reason why the first one worked is i think that adam mckay fit really well there and uh in working with the edgar wright script you know which i'm sure was already brilliant marvel's dumb for firing edgar wright anyway you know just uh are you in general are you excited about this one oh very much excited for ant-man i i I love ant-man i don't think he's a i think he's an avenger who does not get enough credit and i love the casting of paul rudd and i just think he brings a sense of fun to the films and the Avengers that, you know, Tony Stark or like some of the other Avengers never really had. He's kind of like you said, it's like one that you don't take seriously as much. They're just fun, you know, and his character does play a big part in, you know, the first, you know, phases of, you know, the MCU. And he's great in them. And I think he's a good character and I love what he's done. So I'm excited for what is in store for this next uh this adventure for ant-man so i i would be more excited if it just felt like a little bit more unique Uh, it it looks like based off of the trailers and everything it looks like they're just making another avengers movie and especially with phase four being like either trying new things that they definitely like didn't work or just being kind of basic and boring you know phase four was very lukewarm to me like you had like a basic movie done very well with shang chi yes and, and and then you had like basic movie done very basically with Black Widow, and then you had yeah. really interesting movie that kind of went a little too far. Doctor Strange. So like, you know, it's it's just one of those like I would very much like a simple fun Ant Man movie. And I think this has a chance to be like that, but we won't be able to tell until it drops in February. <laughs> right now, a, a simple dumb fun movie that I'm very excited about is Cocaine Bear coming out on February 24th. Oh, cocaine bear looks so stupid that I'm gonna have to watch this on Half Price Tuesday or something. I, oh, I'm gonna have to go so opening good. night. I cannot wait for this movie. Uh, Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., which is Ice Cube's son. Son. Um, Alden Um It's been a while since I've heard that name. I um, know. And it will it's... be not be the last we've heard of him today. And uh, Margot Martindale, not one that you'd probably expect from Ray Liotta is gonna be in it. It's like and, one of the last uh, performances. One he's of his in. last performances. And the icing on the cake, directed by Elizabeth Banks. I can't wait for this movie. This Did is you one like the sure. Charlie's Angels that came out? No, I hated it, but oh, so I love Elizabeth Banks. So okay, I'm not really a fan of hers, but I will consider this because that cocaine bear. Uh, I probably prefer her else. more for her um, like acting than her directing. Like I've really liked like some acting stuff she's done, like um, Wet Hot American Summer, and um, oh, yes. she's great in role models. She was in like Pitch Perfect, but I'm not a crazy fan of those movies either. She so. has a recurring role in Scrubs, which is all that somebody needs to do to get good in my book. But 
Yeah, she did uh, the Pitch Perfect sequels, which weren't as bad as everybody thinks they are. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm really excited for Cocaine Bear. Moving on to March. Finally, March. March 3rd, Creed 3 coming out. Uh, this time, as mentioned earlier, directed by Michael B. Jordan and not um, written not written or directed by Ryan Coogler as the last two have been. Uh, instead, we have uh, Zach Balin and Keenan Coogler on screenplay. I think that's a brother, if I'm not mistaken, of Ryan. Okay. I don't I'm know. I don't know for sure. I've got a. He doesn't have like a link on his IM on the Wikipedia page that I'm looking at. Yes, Ryan Coogler's brother. Oh, okay. Keenan Coogler is do uh, helping out with this one. It looks like he also had some help with uh, Fruit Fruitvale Station, some role with that, yeah. and okay. uh, Space Jam too. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, they so, should do. Anyway, Michael B. Jordan directing. That's exciting. And that's exciting, and it's huge. I mean. I, and you can tell how much Michael B. Jordan loves that character. So I'm kind of excited what he's going to bring to the table for this in terms of his directing. So as well as you got Jonathan Majors as oh, the so big bad of this one. Uh, really excited. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Devotion, guys, you need to go see Devotion because he's good in this. And I guarantee he's going to be just as great in Creed 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really excited for Creed 3. Then the next week is Scream 6 coming out. Yes! March 10th. Uh, we just got a teaser trailer for this one. Let's see. Uh, the new people to this cast is uh, Dermot Mulrooney and Samara Weaving. Uh, a couple of returning people. We have um, Courtney Cox, Melissa Barrera, uh, Hayden Penetier, Jenna Ortega being some really, um, uh, really big, big names returning. Yeah. No Nev Campbell for this movie. And it apparently it's because she was not pleased with the offer that was presented to her my guess is they wanted her to either have a very limited role and to not get paid very much for it or they wanted her to be kind of one of those like she's gonna die in the opening credits because we have to establish a real threat and she's like i don't want you to just kill off my character without like a. I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but like She's that's kind of a red flag that your series star isn't returning. That is a red flag. I'm going to give it some hope because I love the two directors that are attached to it. And I love what they did with the new one. I'm happy Courtney Cox is returning and I'm happy that Hayden Pantier is returning because her character was one of my favorites in, you know, Scream 4. So I'm very excited to see what she's going to do. But knowing that Nev Campbell's not a part of it is like huge. And Knowing that she also said one thing is, and to make it clear, she doesn't want Sydney to ever die. And I think that should always be a thing. Sydney is a character who should not die because that's like the sole staple to the Scream series is that character. So I don't know what, what they presented her with. So it's it's going to be huge. So. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that's a pretty like Hayden Penetier returning is a big positive for you. Uh, honestly, for me, uh, Jenna Ortega is is a huge. She's positive. great. I mean, because she she was in this and then X and then Wednesday back to back to back and like all three knocked out of the park. Great. Yeah, she's she, it's been a great year for her and she's getting more fans and she's just mm-hmm. the actress to watch in the latest screen queen. She can have the world and I'm OK. With it. Yeah, me too. March 17th, Shazam! Fury of the Gods uh, sequel coming out. Still David F. Sandberg coming here. All right. Let's let's just be real for a second. It's really hard to get excited about any DC properties, especially that are tied to existing. Yeah. Like it's 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 excited. It's exciting to get excited about the Batman 2 or something like that. Or like maybe even a film 
that's coming out. Um, we'll talk about Blue Beetle coming out at some point, but like Blue Beetle is not necessarily like it, it's it's original to the current DCEU. So like they yeah. could probably change it. They could change it up in theory to where it doesn't necessarily have to change with James Gunn's plans moving forward. Yeah. So it's just one of those that it's like it's really hard to get excited about this movie knowing that it probably won't matter in less than a year. You know? Yeah, which is disappointing because Sazam was so so great the first one was so unique and fun i wasn't as like into this one or the same okay. as everybody else was i thought it was good and like good for the dceu up until that point was like outstanding but like i'm not over the moon about the first i think i saw okay. it in theaters and i haven't seen it since i'm like yeah it's zachary levi is great and the movie was funny and had a really ending that i dug but like i i wasn't like I know it's a good amount of people's favorite film of the DCEU. It's one of my favorites, honestly. Um, but I'm happy. And if they could actually end this one on a... If they can kind of like tie it in a unique bow for the character for, for Zachary Levi, that'd be great. But like you said, it may not matter in a year given what the direction DC is going. Right. Well, and for that reason... Any DC properties that we're going to talk about this year, um, consider me not interested. Um, just because... It's not going to matter in a year. So why should I get invested now? Yeah. March 24th, John Wick Chapter 4. Some yeah. notable additions to this uh, already pretty stacked um, universe is Donnie Yen, Bill Skarsgård, and mm. uh, Kiroyuki Sonata. He is, he was the samurai in Season 2 of Westworld. Maybe the only good part of Westworld Season 2. I would, yeah. And he played Scorpion in Mortal Kombat, uh, the, oh. the new one. Uh, he was in The Last Samurai. He has a great career. He Great actor. He was in the Wolverine. It says he was in Avengers Endgame. I don't. Oh, I don't remember him. He was in Bullet Train. Really liked him in Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. Liked Bullet Train a lot. And he was in Army of the Dead. Apparently. Um, anyway, I like this guy a lot. He's just one of those that maybe because he's from Japan, like he's maybe not a name that you've known. Yeah, oh, I'm familiar with him. Oh, he was in Hawkeye from archive footage. So it says he played Akihiko. Okay. Um, oh, he was the. Um, uh, he was the 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 uh, what do you call the the Chinese mafia? Yeah, he was he the was... the leader of the w- the the person that Ronin kills in Avengers Endgame. Like yeah, it is the um, uh, Yakuza. That's what it is. Right. Okay. That's I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Super pumped for John Wick. Yeah. Same. I loved the John Wick film, so I'm excited. I can't wait to see what he's gonna go up and store it against Bill Sarsgaard. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. This is one I'm gonna have to go see. A Good Person, written and directed by Zach Braff, starring Florence Pugh, Molly Shannon, Morgan Freeman. This is interesting, too, because I think this film was probably made a shot while Zach Braff and Florence Pugh were together. And yeah, I they were together. I don't think they are anymore. No, I don't they aren't. On that stuff. I just know that he was talking about it when the Scrubs podcast, when I was listening to that. So, And the trailer just dropped for it, too. Did it? Yeah, oh. I got to see it recently. It's available now. Okay. I, look, I like Zach, Zach Braff. Um, this isn't going to, like... It's a good cast here, right? But mm-hmm. this isn't gonna like elevate it to to be like a must see or anything. So yeah, it looks like um, it's another sad film because I what what goes on in the trailer. It's kind of it's actually very sad. So okay, very relatable. Also coming out that same day, March twenty fourth is Champions. This is directed by Bobby Fairley, a part of the Fairley brothers. Woody Harrelson, Cheech Marin, Caitlin Olsen, and Ernie Hudson. That's a cast that I am excited about. <laughs> Another trailer that, a movie that has the trailer out for it. It actually looks pretty good. I was actually laughing quite a bit. It looks pretty good. These are four funny people. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know who else is in it, but like, yeah, 
I love all four of those people. So great. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, and then on March 31st, we get Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Uh, the most intriguing part of this to me is that it's written and directed uh, by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, the people that did Game Night. Yeah. That's the only thing that has me. Int- I mean, look, we got Kristen, Pro- Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith as well here. Hugh Grant, Sophia excited. Lillis. But like, I loved Game Night and like, I I've never played Game D&D too. ever, but. No, my fiance has. And I feel like this is a film I want to see because of, you know, what his interests are. Because my fiance is very into gaming and has played D&D and mean like enjoying game night a lot i feel like this is a good movie for us to go see but i don't know how well it's gonna be because it is like hard to adapt a game film so god only knows how this film will come out and i Mm -hmm. thought it was interesting they switched the screen date with the D &D film because originally the scream was supposed to come scream six was supposed to come out on the end of the month and you know D D was supposed to come out beginning of march so i thought that was interesting yeah so April 7th, Super Mario Brothers movie. Lots of lots of stuff to like about this. Let's see. Included in the cast, Chris Pat, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen, and uh, a, a few others. Like, here's the thing about this movie is it looks really good, except for Chris Pratt as Mario. Because he just everybody sounds has... like Chris Pratt. And it reminds me of, like, his voicing of what he did with for uh, Emmett for the Lego movie. That's the only thing, because I'm going to, I usually, I come well, to the that conclusion. that sounds just like Chris Pratt. Yeah. And I don't know if I, it's going to be a hard time disassociating with that. And I think everyone in their voice cast sounds really good, including Anya Taylor-Joy. And I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I, I think Chris Pratt tries to give like some kind of unique voice to it, saying, sure. uh, here we go, I guess, you know, but, but I don't know. And then the other film coming out on April 7th that I wanted to talk about is The Pope's Ex- Ex- the Pope's Exorcist. What a fun title. All The only cast announced is the Russell Crowe. I love me some Russell Crowe. Uh, written and directed by Julius Avery, though, who um, directed okay. Samaritan, the Sylvester Stallone movie last year that I never saw and heard I didn't see mediocre. That. But he did Overlord, and I really like Overlord. Overlord was pretty good. It wasn't that bad for a unique so like, horror film. So Overlord's pretty good, and then you just said The Pope's Exorcist and Russell Crowe, and it's like, look, I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Um, anyway, April 14th, Renfield, uh, Chris McKay directing yes! Ryan Ridley's screenplay, Nicholas Holt, Aquafina, Ben Schwartz, Nicholas Cage. I uh, love this starring. cast. I love this cast. And I love Chris McKay so much. I yeah. love Chris McKay. I just was like, when I heard the two of them were teaming up, Nicholas Cage and Chris McKay, I thought, best of both worlds. Love it. And I love yeah. the Tomorrow War. I love a Bat- Lego Batman movie. I was like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to see this. Yeah. The next. Yeah, sure. Why, like, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Next Goal Wins on April 21st. Taika Waititi's new movie. Uh, Michael Fassbender is uh, starring in this. Will Will Arnett and Elizabeth Moss also playing in here. Didn't think I'd see them in a Taika Waititi movie, but I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's... Look, it's hard to be excited about Taika's career after Thor Love and Thunder was kind of disappointing. Yeah. But, like, it's maybe, like, his worst film that he's made. Yeah. Because, like, what we do in the shadows is iconic and Thor Ragnarok is great. And um, Jojo Rabbit's one of my favorites. And mm-hmm. he, I, I even saw boy, his first film and boy's pretty good. And hunt for the wilder people is great. Like, mm-hmm. look, it, it's, 
Thor Love and Thunder was kind of disappointing. It was disappointing. It was just... I didn't. I don't think I hated it as much as it seems like a lot of people did. But I like, did not. Like I think it. a lot of people are just down on him right now. Uh, it's like, come on, he's going to come out with this movie. It's going to wind up being really good, and you all are just going to we'll be. We'll make like, up for it. I think wrong. this one will make up for it. But yeah, yeah. Also coming out on April twenty first. Uh, maybe you can tell me a little bit about this Evil Dead Rise. I don't know this. This is, I think, the like in the part of the Evil Dead universe, though. Well, so it has to be right. But like, yeah. I was, I was wondering if is this is like. Uh, like almost like uh, treating it as an anthology or is this like a sequel to the 2013 one or is this um, I, like it doesn't film serves as the fifth installment a bunch yeah. of actors that I've not heard of like it's interesting the last that I heard about Evil Dead mm-hmm. was that there was a scrapped plan for them to make a sequel to the 2013 film that would connect it to the original films okay. and so it would, it would have cast members from the 2013 film with bruce campbell after army of Dark, essentially be a sequel to both films and i was okay. so here for that uh and feed alvarez was supposed to come back and do it so okay. yeah was really excited i yeah i think this is supposed to be all right uh in the fifth evil dead film a road weary beth pays an overdue visit to her older sister ellie who's raising three kids in her own cramped la apartment Sisters reunion is cut short by the discovery of mysterious book in the bowels of Ellie's building, giving uh, rise to flesh possessing demons, a thrusting Beth into a and thrusting Beth into a primal battle. So yeah, it just sounds like probably an anthology mm-hmm. and that's fine. Right. Yeah. Evil Dead is already kind of an anthology with the first two films. So right. Either way, like I kind of want to see more Evil Dead. I'm fine with that. I mean, as long as it's a new story that can be told and with a unique way of showing it, then I'm fine for it. I'm all game for it. Sure. So April 28th. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. (laughs) Rachel McAdams starring in this one. Benny Safdie and Kathy Bates as well. Yeah. This is a title that I've like, I know, but like, I don't really know much about this. I know it's like, I think it's based on the book and I haven't read the book. It's a a Judy Bloom book. Yeah. So that's all I know. But like, that's a title I recognize. So yeah, it's, Definitely a title I recognize. It's like one of those old school books that you could either grow up reading or you did or you didn't. And I didn't read it. But to be fair, I also wasn't the one always going to Judy Bloom books. But yeah, I mean, sure. I like Ben Safdie and I like Rachel McAdams so, and Kathy Bates. So I'm like, I'm going to have to like dive into this when it comes out. Yeah, sure. May 5th, we're into summer blockbuster territory officially with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Of course, written and directed by James Gunn, uh, and has a lot of returning characters that we know and love from this franchise. Notable additions is Will Poulter and Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, really excited. I think a lot of people were excited about that Will Poulter cast. I'm really was- excited about the Elizabeth Debicki cast. And Maria Babakalova as Cosmo, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we saw her in the holiday specials. So. Yeah, but now we get to see more of her. I know. I'm excited. I know. Look, I, all I want is for this movie to do one thing, and that's to tell the story of rocket and layla uh, yes didn't. i That's am all excited I want. about that i love layla and i think i think it's i think we're supposed to believe that th- this is for sure going to be gun's last marvel film yeah it is at least for the foreseeable future i think so I, I think he's always intended this as a trilogy so i would hope that he gets to wrap up lots of things and i feel like we've gotten a lot of character work for everybody Except we've seen Rocket, but we still don't really know much about him. So I would love for them to 
to um, reveal in a very similar way from uh, uh, the the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game. Please mm-hmm. give me Rocket and Layla. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I love Layla. I love their I love their little story. It's so good. And um, yeah, uh, Will Poulter's playing Adam Warlock. That's that's the and Elizabeth Debicki is playing Aisha, the Golden High Priestess. Uh, I don't think. Is that supposed to be the person from the intro of Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I think it's maybe uh, the same. It's maybe supposed to be the person, but I don't know that Elizabeth Debicki was cast as her. I don't I don't remember if that was her to begin with. Yeah, I don't remember. Sure. I'll have to go back and look. Anyway, um, Guardians 3. I'm here for it. Yep. Same. Every, everything to love about this movie. Uh, everybody's sequel that they've been waiting for. Book Club 2, the next chapter. I don't remember this movie even coming out. Uh, let's move on. May 19th. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Fast X. Louis Leturier. Okay. Direct, directing this one, Justin Lin and Dan Maisel on the screenplay team, but really, who needs a screenplay in a Fast and Furious movie? Additions oh, yeah. to this cast is Michael Rooker and Jason Momoa. Inclu- also returning is literally everybody that's been in one of these movies ever. Oh, so, we also got Brie Larson too. Don't forget. Uh, is she? Oh shoot, there she is. Yep, I did forget. Um, because I just there's this chunk of Wikipedia is just like all these people. So, yeah, I did forget yeah. about Brie Larson. Yep. Do you care? No. <laughs> simple as that i just don't care for the fast and furious films let's i'm just gonna put it simple as that i know people love them i was like, so <laughs> i was so excited for f9 because the franchise finally hit that sweet spot for me where it's like they're dumb but they're having so much fun that i don't care how dumb they are and then fast nine f9 was so dumb and not fun except for the magnet scene and that was it the rest of the movie was terrible. So I, after Fast 9, I can't be excited about this. And that's a shame because I want to be excited about this, which I only finally got excited about Fast and Furious like after, at 7. Wow. Because, I, because 5 and 6 were so good. Uh, and then I didn't like 7. And then 8 is kind of a giant piece of crap. And then Hobbs and Shaw is excellent. And then there's Fast 9. Anyway, what about The Little Mermaid? I'm very intrigued with that. I'm yeah, down uh, for it. It looks pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Just they showed enough from the trailer, from the teaser trailer. And I like the casting now of uh, ha- Haley ba- Halle Bailey. I think that's mm-hmm. how you say it properly. Mm-hmm. So, And I thought everyone who's been casted in their respective roles, I could actually see playing. So I think they did a good job casting. And it's only time will tell because it's live action Disney. And, so, and most right. of them are either a hiss hit or a miss most of the time well, they're misses i feel like on my end david diggs jacob tremblay aquafina javier bardem M- M- melissa mccarthy in- included in some of the guys you mentioned you're right hit or miss and lately it's been miss but like i feel like mm-hmm. little mermaid falls in that camp where it's like all right i'm gonna say it the original is not very good i love the original i love the original i grew up loving it and I you feel grew like, up loving it but like it's not very is it good. good is it good and then i'm like you know it's, say the it's same thing got, about like the other ones, I was like, was Sleeping Beauty actually really that good? Was Cinderella actually that good? <laughs> well, look, it's got a great soundtrack and it's got great, you know, animation to it. Um, but it's just one of those where it's it's just not very it's not a great movie that definitely didn't hold up very well. So the original, I yeah, I uh, and, and it has some problematic like in terms of its messaging and stuff like that. I think you could say that with a lot of Disney princess films. You you absolutely can. Yes. Um, this one I think sure. is one of the worst offenders of okay. like, hasn't stood the test of time. So I'm really excited to see. I mean, like I know it was a big deal. Like when Aladdin came out that they actually gave Jasmine something to do and like, great. I'm really excited to see 
like because Lion King is essentially a shot for shot remake and look mm-hmm. Lion King's excellent. Why would you want to change anything about it? But like mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see maybe some of the things that they'll change to make this a better movie. Yeah. Very intrigued. June 2nd, another anime or an animated movie this time. Huh, I used to say another, but it's not. Uh Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Woohoo. Yep, that's that's all we'll say. Yeah. I don't need nothing else. Just Super give me the sequel. How about this? A Transformers movie not directed by Michael Bay. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know, because it's still Transformers, and I really don't care for those films. So Stephen Capel Jr. directing this one, who did Creed mm. 2. Okay. Starring, so first of all, no Shia LaBeouf, no Josh Duhamel, no Mark Wahlberg, no none of that. Instead, we it's get Anthony one. Ramos and Dominique Fishback. Peter Cullen, Ron Perlman. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson in a Transformers movie just sounds like you know a match made in heaven, right? Uh, Peter Dinklage, Michelle like, Yeoh. Like, I just feel like with Pete Davidson in a Transformers movie, it's I can picture it, some kid going there and he's holding a monster or Red Bull with his ticket. That's how I picture someone going into Transformers Rise. And that's, and that's fine by me. Um, I just I just want my big dumb CGI fight with cars versus other cars. You know. That's really all I want. I think Anthony Ramos is, I think is a really great choice to lead this franchise. Uh, at least this movie, Michelle Yeoh can do whatever she wants right now. And I'm here for it. I love Michelle. She's great. Look, I'm excited about this one. So that's, there's that. And nobody can tell me otherwise. Yeah. Nobody can change me. Um, the fact that Michael Bay is not directing this is huge. So it is huge. Also coming out on the same day as a film called Strays, uh, directed by Josh Greenbaum, Will Ferrell, Isla Fisher, uh, Randall Park, Will Forte, Jamie Foxx. I like all of those people. I like all those people too, and I'm not familiar with this one, so I don't I don't know anything about this one. Me neither, and I would like to keep it that way until this movie comes out. But yeah. I'll be excited until then. Uh, and then we got a film that I couldn't care less about, uh, The Flash. Same. At this point, it's not worthy to even care about it, I feel like, at this point. What are the chances this movie actually releases? They have to release it only because they want to make their money back. At least Warner Brothers does. I don't but then, know. To be fair, they they cut Batgirl. So, like, if they could, if they can cut Batgirl, then they should cut the Flash and just be like, "All right, we're just gonna release this movie as is on HBO Max, and then that's it." I feel like it's not even worth it to put in theaters, but I understand they had to make the money back. Well, right, and and it's like Ezra Miller, Miller was a reason that they cited as canceling the Fantastic Beast universe too. Now that's different because there wasn't a fourth movie like made yet; it wasn't in production. Um, this is a mostly completed movie. Look, Anthony Muschietti, like, cool, excited to see him direct that. But like, part of part of the thing about you not knowing what the future of the DC is going to look like, mm-hmm. and the other thing is, this Flash picture has been in development hell for so long because it was like yeah. announced. Like when a bunch of other things were announced and then it's just been like pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And at one point it was written and directed by Seth Graham Smith. And then it was only direct, only written by Seth Graham Smith and somebody else who was mm-hmm. directing. Now he's not involved at all. It's just like, there's so much, there's like a lot of stuff. Wrong. There's so much baggage behind it with this movie behind the scenes. It's, it's impossible to, to want to see this movie to me. The chances I feel like this could have could be like the effect of like a Morbius, you know, yeah. where it's just like it's like so bad and it's just like went also through production hell and just it's, is it worth I, worry of your time? <laughs> I think if James Gunn could have his way, he would scrap it. I don't think he has that kind of pull. I don't think so either. I think now, I should- could I could see them just forcing it over to HBO Max instead. And I think it's I think there was a different differences with I think 
Warner, like HBO Max division was able to like made the Batman film. So that's why they were able to write it off. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think if they had the option to just write off the flash at this point, I think that's the, their best option. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just still so sour about the Batgirl being canceled. And Me too. No, I, I would think... 10 times much rather, much more rather have the Batgirl film than the flash. And I feel like a lot of people would say the same thing too. Cause you know, that cast I think is better than the flash cast to be fair. Sure. For looking at it and the story could have been really good. Like, I don't know what the heck was in store for the flash, but I'm just like, what we saw from that Batgirl, it looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, a new Pixar movie coming out the same week, uh, Elemental. <laughs> Peter Sohn directing this one. He was a director of The Good Dinosaur. And he's been some voices in some Pixar movies. It's Pixar, so I'm here for it. Same. I just hope that they don't just shove it to Disney+. Plus. I don't think they will, though. I think they're done yeah, doing that. Yeah, not. I just hope it's not bad. Yeah, it, but, w- it won't be. Yeah. It's Pixar. They've only made, like, two bad movies. What are the two bad ones? I'm curious. Uh, let's see. Cars 2, obviously. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur, so I can't speak on that. It's meh. And I haven't seen Cars 3. Okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of Turning Red. I'm not going to call it a bad movie by any stretch of the means, but like it certainly isn't Pixar. I have, you know? I have avoided Turning Red because of all the controversy surrounding it. And I'm just like, what do I... Like, I just haven't felt... Intru- this is like the least exciting Pixar movie to like actually want to check out. Yeah, so. it's... It's fine. Um, you can skip it and be okay. That's it's, what I it's nominated for several like best animated feature awards, but I think that's almost out of like lack of other options. Yeah. Like I know uh, Pinocchio and Marcel the Shell with shoes on are going to get some good love. And I think there's been a couple other things that have been. I would have like, sold for DC superhero pets being nominated if I could put my two cents in. <laughs> so there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Asteroid City also coming out June 16th. Uh, Wes Anderson's new movie. Uh, Roman yeah. Coppola helping him with the screenplay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Deep breath. Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Ed Norton, Jason Schwartzman, Tilda Swinton, Adrian Brody, Rupert Freind, uh, Maya Hawk, Jeff Goldblum, Jeffrey Wright, Liev Schreiber, Rita Wilson, Brian Cranston, and Willem Dafoe. That was really hard to read because I was typing all these out by hand and I misspelled like half of those names. That's okay. So. I understood what you meant. Yeah. All you had to say is Wes Anderson. And I'd say I'm really excited. I didn't like the French. I liked parts of the French dispatch, but not the whole. Um, yeah, but it's still I'm Wes Anderson's new movie, you know, I'm going to see it still because it's Wes Anderson. But I, I could say the same thing. I wasn't crazy about French dispatch, but how what can I say about a Wes Anderson movie, too? It's like not made for everybody, but I, I'm interested to see what he's going to do with this one. All right, June 30th, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I have not seen this teaser, so you can't tell me anything. I'm, not I'm trying to stay though. as fresh as I can for this movie. I'm excited. I'm just concerned about the de-aging. Yeah, I don't care. I, it's it's being made by Lucasfilm, uh, which is branch of Disney. And the de-aging was arguably done the best ever in Captain Marvel for Sam Jackson. Like, that's the best I've ever seen it look. So You think it's better than the uh, Irishman de-aging? Oh, everything is better than the Irishman de-aging. <laughs> um, that was awful. James Mangold writing and directing this. Super excited for that. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas feels like, how has he not been in an Indiana Jones movie yet? It's questioning, but I'm I'm intrigued. I love that one. Uh, And to me, another huge, just as big of a pull for James Mangold for me is Mads Mikkelsen included in this Mm -hmm. movie. Love to see it. I'm really excited for this one. Um, So... 
I'm excited because this has the chance to be like what Top Gun Maverick was for the summer, and this could be like the Indiana Jones summer. So it could be. It could be. Insidious Fear of the Dark, uh, directed by Patrick Wilson. I think this might be his, like yeah. one of his first. No, he, I think he did Conjuring 3, if I'm correct. I don't know. I'll uh, take a look. Patrick Wilson did not direct Conjuring 3. Okay. I thought maybe he did. He started, of course, but he didn't direct it. Okay. Well, he's directing this one. And because he was in, uh, like the Insidious franchise is one that I've heard some pretty good things about. I um, I never got around to them, but I heard they were pretty good. I think they're fine, but uh, I'm excited because I love Patrick Wilson. I think he's great, and I, I'm i interested to see how he does because he's done so many horror projects, and I want to mm-hmm. see what he can bring to the table and what he's learned from like James Wan and all the other people he's gotten to work with over the course of his career. So I'm very interested to see what choices he makes. So. Sure. All right. Probably what is going to actually be the big summer movie is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part oh, 1. yeah. Christopher McQuarrie returning, obviously starring Tom Cruise and uh, a bunch of other people that we've seen throughout the franchise. Some notable inclusions is, I'm going to butcher the name, pa- Palm Clement- Clementif. Uh, she plays Mantis in uh, Guardians. Haley Atwell. Shea Wiggum, I don't think he's been in this series yet. Either way, if he has, he's been a small role. And uh, Carrie Elways. Yeah, I, this. all I need is the next mission impossible and a competent person directing it. Like I was so sad when I found out that Brad bird wasn't returning because I thought he killed it with ghost protocol. Same. And I prefer ghost protocol to rogue nation. And so I was upset when Christopher McQuarrie got another movie. Cause I was just like, just keep this where every director gets their one movie. But now I'm like, no, Christopher McQuarrie can do these until he dies and I'll be happy. Yeah. So, yep. Safe to say we're both thrilled for this movie. Oh, I'm very thrilled. This is like one of the top movies I'm going to put on my list. So uh, another very excited, uh, very anticipated, very trending topic right now. Uh, Oppenheimer, uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie. Another deep breath. Here we go. Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matthew, uh, Matt Damon, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Benny Safdie, Josh Hartnett, Dane DeHaan, Jack Quaid, Matthew Modine, Alden Ehrenreich, Kenneth Branagh, Jason Clark, Josh Peck, Alex Wolf, Gary Oldman, and Casey Affleck. Cast is here. <sighs> Yeah, that's a lot of white guys. Um, okay. Yeah, it is a lot of white guys. I'm really excited. Uh, obviously, Christopher Nolan's next movie. Obviously, Christopher Nolan recreated at least like the image of a nuclear bomb using a ton of dynamite. Uh, that's exciting. Obviously, all the cast is really excited here. But there's a couple of names in here of people whose like career had went down the wrong path at some point, and mm-hmm. here they are again. And I think this is going to write the wrong, write the ship for them. So I'm specifically looking at Josh Hartnett and Dane DeHaan because at one point they had the world, right? Remember yeah. after Chronicle came out and Dane DeHaan was supposed yes. to be like the next big actor? Yes. And he's an excellent actor in that. And he's really great and lawless. But then he just like kept on getting a bunch of either roles that really weren't for him or roles in bad movies or like he's easily the worst part of the amazing Spider-Man too. And it's not really his fault. I mean, he's not no. good in it, but that character is just written t- poorly. I just feel like, I don't know who his agent is. I just don't feel like some of the projects he was given. I'm just like, you're good. Yeah. But the project is nowhere perfect. Like, yeah. yeah. He's, like extremely talented. I think. And oh yeah. I think Chronicle has, like, is one of the best performances I've ever seen. <laughs> And I and he's like one of the actors I could still see to this day. Him eventually winning an Academy Award one day, like that's how I great I think he is. Yeah, he will get actor. one. Yeah, but I think that's like a unique casting choice. 
And then Josh Peck, out of all the people like I grew mm-hmm. up watching from Drake and Josh, he went from being on Nickelodeon and being in like uh, David Dobrik videos and then being in a Netflix movie called Take 10. And now he's going to be in a Nicholas, not Nicholas, uh, Christopher Nolan movie. It's like, oh my gosh, this man's career He's yeah. about to soar, my guy. He's so. certainly one of the people I had in mind when I said that. Like people who like where have they gone wrong. There's definitely talent there, and I'm really excited to see how they're put to use in this film. See him when he was a kid. Yeah, and it was that movie that, that took place in the lake. It, it was like one of his first ever performances, uh-huh. and it got him so much praise for it. And I I want to look up the name of the film. But look at a young Josh Peck in this film because it shows that he has amazing talent. And I got to look it up. Uh, just like, hold your thoughts, people, for one second. <laughs> it's called Mean Creek. That's the name of it. Mean Creek. Really, okay. really good. I highly recommend it. Okay. He plays like a bully. He's really good in it. I know him from Max Keeble's big move, and he's great in that movie. So. <laughs> Also coming out the same day as Oppenheimer, at least for now. I have a hard time believing that both of these movies are coming out the same day, especially one week after Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I really have a feeling that something's going to budge, especially like at the very least, just because of IMAX. Like if if Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, if, if this stays the same, there is no way that they're pulling Mission Impossible for an, an IMAX after one week to play Oppenheimer. And look, Oppenheimer is going to do crazy in IMAX, but there's no way they're losing out on that Mission Impossible money. Like mm-hmm. so, can. either Oppenheimer is going to get released with very few IMAX screens, or it's going to either it's going to get pushed or Mission Impossible to change. Something's got to move, right? I think if anything, since the way how Christopher Nolan was with the moving of Tenet, I think he was going to be like, "No, this is my date. This is my date." And I think Mission Impossible will move. I would be curious to see if they move it up, maybe um, to the to the day that the Flash is supposed to come out, because that's a couple weeks earlier. And 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 I think every single theater, given the choice between the Flash and and Oppenheimer, will will choose Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if anything, it might move up. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of them will move up. I don't think either of them will move back. But I think I don't I don't see both of them being a week apart, especially when they're also rivaled against Barbie, which it won't be an IMAX movie. But Greta Gerwig writing and directing, Nova Bombeck also writing here. Yeah, that's also huge. Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Will Ferrell, Simu Liu, uh, America Ferreira, Michael Sarah, Issa Rae, Kingsley Ben-Adir, who have been just waiting to, to come back from uh, after one night in Miami, uh, Rhea Perlman, and Kate McKinnon. Yeah, stacked cast. This looks Huge this looks awesome. I love the trailer for this, and I loved all Why the Why am I so movies. excited for a Barbie so, movie? It just looks like it's going to be an absolute fun time, and I'm going to drag anybody who's going to want to see this with me i'm gonna drag every single person i even told my fiance i said we're going to this room he's like i don't even like barbies but i'm like who cares we're going sure july 28th the marvels nia da costa directing mm. uh i just don't care yeah same i don't care for this one and i wasn't a fan of nina da costa's directing for Candyman. so I'm just yeah like, i didn't see Candyman. yeah I, I, I was, um, yeah go ahead my my, my big hang up here is that like I haven't seen the show Miss Marvel and I've heard good things about it and I would like to see it. Um, and I will definitely see it before this movie comes out and I'll wind up actually being in the theater opening weekend. But like the first Captain Marvel movie is so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's 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 in my bottom like three of of MCU films. Oh, I completely agree with that. It's just not good. 
So why would I be excited about its sequel? And look, a a not good MCU movie is, especially when when it came out, it's still like a relatively high praise, right? Like I didn't hate the movie. It's just boring and mid. Everything about that movie is mid. And that was just so disappointing. So yeah, I could definitely say that. Literally the worst thing it could be is entirely mid, you know? Yeah. And it didn't really, like, try anything new. Like, look, Eternals isn't a good movie, but at least it tried something, right? Yeah. I think that one and Captain Marvel have to be some of the worst uh, MCU films, which is kind of disappointing. I mean, look, it's still Thor The Dark World. It's not as bad as Thor The Dark World. Anyway, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I think this says Nickelodeon movies. I don't know if this is live action or animated. I would imagine. either. I think it, I, I think it could be animated from what it sounds like. Let's see. Reboot? Reboot of the film franchise. Okay. Oh, God. Cool. We'll see. But, like, based off of the logo, this looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, I never saw the Michael Bay produced ones, but, like... Oh, here we go. Produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Never mind. I'm really excited about this movie. Like, that's a great, great pick. Yeah, I'm trying to look. It's, like, if it winds up being... If it winds up being, like, animated, I think that'd be a huge plus. Uh... I would love it to be animated. I think it would think it would turn out fine. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Four years after the release of the 2016 live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows, an animated film was announced in June 22 with a new mm-hmm. take on the titular team, putting the focus on the teenage aspects. And yeah, sure. Animated TMNT produced by Evan Goldberg, and Seth Rogen, 100% count. I me enjoy in. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen whenever they do stuff together, especially the boys. So yeah, I prefer their stuff like super bad. And so I think this will like more line up with that. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, a movie that I'm kind of excited about is The Meg 2, only because I had fun with The Meg. It's You know what you're watching, but I had fun with it. So why yeah. not? I'll have fun with this one, too. It's just amazing that I was not expecting to see a sequel to it. Yeah. <laughs> but why not? Neither was I, but you know, yeah, again, it, it was fun. Um, August 11th, Haunted Mansion. I wasn't expecting to see another one of these. Uh, yeah. Starring exactly. Rosario Dawson, Lakeith Stanfield, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Dan Levy, Winona Ryder, Jared Leto, Danny DeVito, and Jamie Lee Curtis. I have like nostalgia love for the Eddie Murphy one. I don't, I think I watched it again like a year or two ago, and I don't think it's actually a terribly good movie, but I have nostalgia love for it. But yeah. this cast is awesome, and I'm really excited to see. I can agree to that. I grew up watching the Eddie Murphy one. I don't love it, but why not? Right. Why not reboot it, I guess? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's not like it was a franchise anyway. It's based off of a Disney ride. And yeah, why not? Uh, also, that same day, August 11th, Gran Turismo, Neil Blomkamp's new movie starring David Harbour uh, and Jaimon Honsu and Orlando Bloom. I don't care about cars. So like it, it took Fast and Furious to stop caring about cars for me to start caring about the franchise. So I don't care about Need for Speed or you know anything like I don't don't care about this Gran Turismo. I don't either. And then knowing Neil Blomkamp as a director and how he's his projects, I feel like I've gotten worse and worse over the years. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm like, Remember wow. when, all, when we were all really excited because he was going to make an alien film and we're like, the guy that did District 9 is going to do Alien? Yeah. And, and then, then it almost seems like a blessing in hindsight. Yes, it's a blessing in disguise, honestly, that he didn't do that. Yeah, I don't really care about this. No, I don't care either. Racing movies have to be really special for me to like them. Like, I I, I really liked Ford v. Ferrari. But other than that, like, yeah, I can't same. remember the last time that I liked a, a movie that was, like, oh, focused on cars. That one I really liked. Ford and Ferrari and Rush. Yeah, I saw Rush when it came. I knew for a rewatch. I remember being like, it's good, but it didn't. Yeah, I didn't necessarily like, love it. I think it's um, more of the performances that stand out, though, of that yeah. film. Yeah. 
Uh, and then uh, a movie called Challengers uh, coming out that same day as well. The, he, the big things here is uh, starring Zendaya and Mike Faced from uh, West Side Story. Good cast. I love the two of them. Yeah, me too. Something to keep your eye on as we learn more about it. Um, August 18th is a Blue Beetle film. Yeah. Again, we'll see if this one comes out. But like, I'm probably most excited for this one out of any of the three because Blue Beetle is a character that we haven't seen in mainstream media yet and i guess shazam was only in the first movie but uh but yeah like blue beetle is a is a fresh for for live action and uh it's it's full of a bunch of like no-name actors like that's really like the only person i recognize in this list is uh george lopez i guess susan sarandon is it george lopez susan sarandon and harvey Guillen. like that's it and that and the and and none of them are leads so yeah i'm maybe most excited about this especially because this is the one that I think if plan if James Gunn gets his way, like they can still use this, but not. And if James ones. Gunn can get away with this, this would be a really good character, I think, to expand him for that universe and add him in. So sure. Uh, all right, we're in sept- September now. Uh, Equalizer three. Who cares? Um, literally, who is asking for this? Because you need to stop asking for this. Huh. Um, I don't even. The equal- like the Equalizer the was fine, but the Equalizer 2 was terrible. I didn't and even see the sequel. It's been way too long between years for me to care. Like, because I think this came out right about the same time that John Wick did. And they're about to release the fourth one before this third one came out. And all three John Wick movies are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares about this movie? I think Not people me. care because it's a Denzel Washington. I, I will agree. Denzel Washington's great. And he's actually real. He's the best part of the Equalizer, I will say. Yeah. Because I love the action scene in the first one. That's at the very, very end of that film. So I think that film, there's like this great sequence. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The end of the film. Great sequence. But otherwise, I don't think we needed a sequel or we don't even need a third one. Well, and it's, is it fair to say that Antoine Fuqua is not the name that he was anymore? Yeah, to be fair. I didn't even see Antoine emancipation yet so like i don't even know. well but nobody's liking it um but bullet train came out this year and bullet train's great but then last yeah. year he did infinite which nobody liked and um the guilty which is fine but it's nowhere near as good as the original uh, mm-hmm. and there was equalizer 2 and magnificent 7 is fine for what it is like i, I, enjoy I, kind of, I have i have some good fun with that yeah same i've heard i've heard southpaw's pretty good there was equalizer right olympus is fallen is excellent i thought Olympus has fallen is great for what it is. Shooter should have been better. <laughs> like I like Tears of the Sun, and of course Training Day is great. But it's like he's he, man, he's got it seems just as many misses. Especially recently, he's got more misses than hits. Uh, I, I, I just don't think he's the name that he once was. And you know, you, you when you told me uh, Equalizer two, like yeah, dude doesn't miss, but he's done pretty much nothing except for miss, with yeah. the exception of Bullet Train. Because Bullet, wait, hold on. He didn't do Bullet Train. No, he produced Bullet Train. Yeah, yeah he was there one of the producers. So he didn't even do Bullet Train. Like, <laughs> no, he was just attached as a producer. But, you know, I think he can produce some good stuff because knowing that he has produced some good stuff over the years, I think he can do that. I think his directing as a confidence has gone down. I will say that. Yeah, I just don't know what the problem is. But either way, he's not he's not an attractive point anymore. And yes, Denzel is, but I can watch Denzel do other things. I'll just watch The Equalizer again. That's fine. Um, yeah. But why would I watch The Equalizer when I can watch John Wick? Yeah, honestly. So who cares? Um, the Nun 2. Uh, who Another cares? Movie. Yeah. The next ones you're going to talk about, all I can say is who cares? Like, 
to be fair. Look, I, I get that people like this Conjuring universe, but like we, we've all moved past that, right? Like I know people really like one and really like two, right? I love two. And people I love, didn't like I two when it came out though, because they were like that, that ending sucked. But then like, well, I think one, I think the middle Anna, Annabelle film was supposed to be fine, but everything else is supposed to have been bad. Like, come on, let's stop. The, not, the first non movie was so awful. I'm just like baffled that we're still getting a sequel to that. I'm just like, no. All right. Uh, September 15th, A Haunting in Venice. Say it with me, Kristen. Who cares? I care, actually. I care about this. You one. do? Yeah. Oh, no. Look, Kenneth Branagh directing it. I look, give all your respect to Kenneth Branagh. I didn't want to see Death on a Nile. I'm just like over it, this mystery. I just don't care. But go ahead. I like Death on the Nile. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry, hold on, hold on. I like Murder on the Orient Express. Death on the Nile is fine. It's maddeningly frustrating at times, but yeah, like it's 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 an original. There hasn't been, you know, there's been a Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express before, so this will be the first time there's been a haunting in Venice. Branagh directing again. He's certainly a competent director. He's starring in a role that he's made his own. Absolutely. And look, Jamie Dorn's in it. I'll watch anything with Jamie Dornan in it. You add Tina Fey to this cast, great. And Jude Hill, the kid from Belfast. So we're reunited Branagh, the kid from Belfast, and Jamie Dornan from Belfast. Yeah, absolutely. And then Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, it caught me in, you know? Okay. Like, I kind of care. I want to see this. Okay. Um, this one I'm going to have to say, if it gets some awards recognition, then I'll have to check it out. But otherwise... I don't think it'll get awards recognition, but like, it will certainly be better than Death on the Nile, right? Yeah. I know it's a pretty okay. low bar to set, but like, yeah. Anyway. I just look at the I look at the cast and I'm like, sure, great. And and I feel like they probably had to make some like stretches with Death on the Nile to make it more of an original film mm-hmm. uh, because there wasn't already one. So, all right, one more. Let's go. Expendables yeah. four. Who cares? I don't. I kind of little bit. All right, little bit. And here's why is because I love the first two Expendables movies. Not what? Not the third. No, the third one's uh, bad. And this is why there's been it's been 10 years since the third one came out. But it was so bad and they went for a PG-13 rating instead of the R that yeah. like people that were involved in making the movie like leaked it like a month early because they were like, you made it PG-13 so you can hit box office, but you've also made this movie bad. So I'm going to leak it and you're not going to make any money anyway. So haha. Like mm-hmm. anyway, uh, it's and it's bad. It's very bad. It's not. I watched it recently and I was like, it's not as bad as I remember, but it pales in comparison to the first two, which I'm not saying are good movies. I'm saying I like them. Mm-hmm. So Jason Statham, it looks like um this will be Sylvester Stallone's last one. If the franchise continues, well, Jason Statham will be the third one. And now he's in it. <laughs> no, I think it was always intended the fourth. Oh, okay. I, I think, I think people just speculated because trilogy, right? But like, okay, no, I think, I think it was supposed to be the fourth one. Uh, Jason Statham will, will take over. The only other returners that we have is uh, Dolph Lundgren and Randy Kocher. So we're disregarding a lot of other fun people that have been in this franchise. Uh, instead, we're adding 50 Cent and Megan Fox. Uh, I like Tony Jaa and Ico Oase is a big selling point. Uh, Andy Garcia is interesting. Yeah. But look, I kind I really like the first two. So I kind of care, but okay. I also don't. Like, it's not the team I know, right? There's no Terry yeah. Crews in this movie. And Terry Crews is one of the best parts of the first one. Like, there was a there was a fun um, Chuck Norris cameo in um, uh, the the second one, and yeah. Harrison Ford was in the third one. Like it's just like is really is Andy Garcia their like 
cameo that like you couldn't get Pacino or De Niro or I don't know like I'm like I'm I, I, don't even, I can't even imagine Pacino being in an Expandables film. I feel like he would need to be like in a wheelchair. I want to see it. Um, <laughs> I want to see. I want to see him be just uncaged Pacino as the villain. I think that'd be great. Yeah, but it, this movie is also making me feel old because like the premise of Expendables was the old guys do a thing. Um, the st- the stars from yesterday are going to make a big movie and a big action movie comeback. And now it's like Jason mm-hmm. Statham is the old guy. And I'm like, he can't be the old guy. And he's the old guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. The way you put that. Look, I'm not going to go see this probably in the theaters, but like kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wrong for that. What about Craven the Hunter? We're in October 6th now. Interested only because I like the cast in it, and I think Aaron Taylor jo- Johnson is a really good casting choice as Craven. Sure, I love that, and then I love Ariana DeBose in it and Russell Crowe. So I, I think it's going to be great. I'm yeah. intrigued. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, um, for the reasons you listed above, as well mm-hmm. as Russell Crowe and uh, Christopher Abbott. Uh, yeah. yeah, why not? Uh, also, October sixth, a movie called True Love, starring John David Washington, Gemma Chan. Uh, Allison Janney and Ken Watanabe, directed by Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards has me for this one. That's the yeah. because I think Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars movies there is. Okay. Now, yeah. from from what I understand, I think there was a lot of things that were changed after he finished the film, so it's kind of questionable whether they should even consider him the director. I think, but I don't know. All I know is I love Rogue One, and I liked the Godzilla movie that he did. So I think he's a good director. So. Uh- I'm interested. I'll see it. And especially the cast of, you know, John David Washington mm-hmm. and Allison Janney and Joe Chan. It's, it's, it sounds good. I me. would watch this. Or I, I'm more excited about this than I am Craven. Oh, okay. So. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, October 13th. We got the mighty double feature of Paw Patrol, the mighty movie and the exorcist reboot. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I actually did review Paw Patrol, the movie for a uh, Sith pop actually. So, uh-huh. I'm going to have to watch this one then. But I mean, like, it's just you have Paw Patrol and the extras is coming out the same week. I get it. That's the exact point of like counter programming, you know. Anyway, I've never seen an Exorcist film, but like. Oh, really? I'm kind of intrigued because I like David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy is imperfect. But like, that's still a better three movies than, you know, pretty much any other three consecutive in the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, consecutive in terms of chron- chronology, right? Not yeah. you, so you can't sound, sound, count season of the witch, so it would be Halloween one, two, and four. Okay, you know, and it's definitely not four, five, and six. And it's certainly not you know six H two and resurrection or H two O resurrection and the zombie reboot. You know, like it's, yeah, I feel it's, like oh sorry, I kind of I, I kind of like, liked it. I want to see what he does next. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm just curious about the Exorcist film because of Leslie Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. That's the only part that's got me really hooked in and out. And Dad is a great actress. And yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued by that Me part. Too. All right. October 27th, we get Saw X, two 10th films of a franchise that are going with X as their thing uh, this year because Fast X and now Saw X. Year of X. Kristen, do you care? No. I mean, hmm. I really like Spiral. To Me be fair. too. Spiral's good. I enjoyed it. I really did. I I saw Spiral as a really fun mystery and it was like a horror, you know, and I liked Max Meganella in it. And I was just like, you know what? This was fine. I liked the, you know, craziness of it. I thought Chris Rock was fine. You know, do you know what? Maybe I'll see it. 
If it gets good, I'll see it. Look, I'm going to see this because this franchise is near and dear to me. Is it? And I've seen all of them. Yeah, me too. I've seen all of them several times a piece. And look, I'm willing to acknowledge that Saw 5 is a terrible, terrible film. <laughs> and and 4 is also terrible, terrible. But like overall, I like this franchise. I think it's interesting. My problem is I am not really interested in Saw anymore. And I mentioned this two weeks ago on the podcast with Alex and Austin or Alex and Alice. I um I, I am much more interested in spinoffs than I am sequels for this. I'm much okay. more interested in Spiral Two than I am Saw Ten or another movie like similar similar to Spiral, you know, or even like Jigsaw was a is a prequel, but it was like kind of a spinoff. Like I am much more interested in there is a person that did what Jigsaw did now. How does that affect the rest of the world? Uh, I, I think Spiral love, did that in a really interesting way. I think that would be really great if we could get a Spiral too. I don't think we will because of the critical reception and, you know, it didn't do, it did okay at the box. So not spectacular, just fine. But I, like you said, I would be interested in a Spiral sequel and just seeing how that character of, I guess we can spoil it, Max Maganella was a villain and see how he could just transform in that in that series of films, you know, if it was a Spiral sequel. Sure. All right, November 3rd, Dune Part 2. Notable additions to this already stacked cast. Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Leia Sadu, and uh, um, Christopher Walken. Christopher um, we, we care about this, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we care about this. Um, I know I'm I've given a lot of crap to Dune Part 1 on this podcast, but yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm really excited for this movie. Get off my back. Uh-huh. I'm especially excited because, I don't know, hopefully some story will happen this movie. I, I mean, to be fair, they had to divide it into two because there's the book I know, is this thick. But so it's just, it's, it's one of those where it's like, it's so clearly part one and part two. And I know people that are like, no, but part one is a perfect, is a complete movie. And I'm, it, look, you're not going to convince me that it is. So I I'm know, excited. I'm excited to finally watch Dune. Like part one and two together, like a complete movie. I'm just serious to see how uh, Austin Butler is going to take the role as Sting's character. I think that's going to be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So. The week after that, we get Hunger Games prequel, The Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. I don't know that I care. Do you? I don't care, but I love Rachel Zegler, but I don't yeah. really want to see this. <laughs> look, I'll probably see it. My wife's a big Hunger Games fan. Uh, she read okay. the book and like, look, I don't know. Like, I'll let a trailer decide whether or not I care, you know, like, or like, like, you know, hype for the film, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I care a little bit. A movie that I don't care about at all is Trolls 3. I never Amazing. saw the first two. They're still two. pumping those out. They gotta it's get those really kids remarkable in the that they've done that. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, and then another Timothy Chalamet movie uh, coming out uh, December 15th. Wonka. Timothy Chalamet, Keegan-Michael Key, Sally Hawkins, Elizabeth Coleman, uh, Olivia Coleman, Rowan Atkinson. Uh, do you care? No. Nah, neither do I. I know, which is... I just- I think we might be the only two good. people that don't. I feel like the cast is good, but I'm just like, why do we need a Wonka film? Like, like it just feels like so unnecessary. And yep. to be fair, you can throw all the tomatoes you want at me at want. I think Timothy Chalamet is an okay actor. Hey, we agree. I think he's we're gonna, okay. we're going to get so much hate in the Sif Pop Slack, Kristen, because I had this conversation with somebody recently, and they're like, "You haven't seen the good Chalamet movies." They're like, "You haven't seen." Beautiful boy, and I haven't seen Call Me by Your Name. I've seen a beautiful boy, and that's fine. We we are going to get so much hate in the Sif Pop Slack, and you know what? I don't care. I'm too like tired to care in my present I actually, state. Actually, <laughs> like I'll give him credit to is Dune, but otherwise, thought he was fine in Bones and all, all the Bones, whatever it's called. I saw, I saw it. Thought he was fine. I thought he was fine in uh, 
like you said, beautiful boy. I what was that other one? Don't look up. Fine. Just oh, he's my whatever. least favorite part of Don't Look Up. He, he is call one me, of the call worst me by part. your name he, is his big one. I know, and I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll suck it up for Dune, but you know, you know, he's like the okay part of Dune, everything else in Dune, and I like all the other characters in Dune, but Timothy Chalamet as a person, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I gotta wait for that breakout role for him. That's like, if, yes. If Dane DeHaan had Timothy Chalamet's agent. Oh my god, that, that would be, be a great amazing. world. That that I could agree to. That would, that would be, be a great world. <sighs> or if Timothy or if Dane DeHaan was born like ten years later. Yeah. Know. Anyway, December twentieth, the color purple. I think Robert and I were talking about this because we're we're gonna be talking about the original the color pu- purple for our goats episodes. This is going to be a um like a musical, which is interesting. Well the original Broadway play is like a musical too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because um, whatchamacallit, S- Cynthia, whatchamacallit, Arevo. Okay. There was like the one, Jennifer Hudson one, because Jennifer Hudson starred in the uh, Color Purple on Broadway. So. Well, I was it originally a Broadway or was it they adapted the film to Broadway? Good question. I don't really recall. Let me see. But Let's do some Wikipediaing. Right. Uh, based off the color purple, a nineteen. Oh, so it's based off of a novel. They're both based off of a novel. Yeah, that's what I knew off of. But so I was sure if they adapted eighteen ninety two novel. And uh, so the musical came after the film. The mu- the film was nineteen eighty five. The musical was uh, two thousand five. So this is based off of the musical, which is based off the movie, which is based off of the novel. That's a whole mouthful of words. Yeah. Okay. Either way. Lots of exciting people in this cast. Uh, Coleman Domingo, Corey Hawkins, Daniel Brooks. Her, which is, I, she wrote the song for um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah that wound up winning the best original song. Um, I really like that song. I really like her as an artist. Um, Halle Bailey from uh, Little Mermaid will be here. Um, Ciara Anjanu Ellis from uh, King Richard, the best performance in King Richard. She'll be in this movie. Uh, John Baptiste. Uh, and Taraji B. Henson. That's an interesting one for this. But well, uh, if you saw her nanny, I thought she was a good singer nanny. That live action that was done last oh, year. Oh, hold on, Taraji B. Henson. I'm thinking of somebody different. I'm thinking of um, oh geez, who's the? I like Taraji P. Henson. I'm thinking of uh, I read her name and I thought she did the. She's doing all the Kevin Hart movies. Oh, Regina. She did, like Night School. Yeah. Oh, that's Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Okay, I saw Taraji P. Henson and thought Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, and to be fair, going back to the Broadway stuff, it was Cynthia Ravo. I was trying to say her. I just wasn't sure if it was correct. I think she won a Tony Award for her performance, and then it was Jennifer Hudson and Danielle Brooks. They were all in that 2015 Broadway revival. So I just wanted to give a side note to that. Sorry, I just wanted to correct myself cool. while I'm yeah. on here. <laughs> That's fine. Two more films I have listed for this year, also coming out December 20th. I have a hard time believing this is going to hit this release date. Um, but the untitled Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. Uh, Kristen, yeah. you care? I enjoyed the new one, but I don't think we needed a new sequel for it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I, I enjoyed Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I almost wish like I don't need it. I don't need another Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know, I don't need no. a sequel to that. I felt like everything was wrapped up in that new one, so I was like, okay, yeah. but you know, we're gonna get a new one because why not? But. I don't think it'll make that deadline. I'll be shocked if it is. No, this will get pushed back to spring or summer 2023. Like, you know, for it still being untitled and and all that. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's filming. Like, the fact that Jason Reitman is still writing the movie. He's not directing it this time, though. But the fact that he's still writing it, like, gives me some hope. And Paul Rudd, I think, is 
like worked really well with yeah. the with in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I re- I liked the movie in general overall, but I don't I think like, was- like we both said, like I don't know that I wanted a sequel after it after it was over. Yeah, I don't need anything. I thought that the ends of it were tied nicely. Like I'm like, okay, I don't think we need to see the expansion of this life one because like I thought it was a good film, but like you know, I just don't think we need a sequel. To it. Sure. Like, I, I don't know what they could adapt from it. You know. Sure. And one last time, Kristen, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Who cares? Yeah, I I'm sad at this point, like knowing that like this film didn't come out sooner that way they at least could incorporate aquaman in some way for the new james gunn because i love jason momoa as aquaman i think that really fits him as an actor but you know why does this film i guess like what you were saying matter at this point like if they can wrap it up and just say hey this is what this character is then fine but yep Yeah, I just I didn't like the first movie very much. I like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I think that was a good cast, but I I don't. the The first movie was like forty minutes too long, so it's fun, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Really I think it's like. just a fun film. It's like I turned. Off I my thought the first half was fun, and then it immediately lost me and never gained my attention back. I just like seeing Willem Dafoe as a mermaid. I think, or like you know, ocean trainer creature thing. Sure. <laughs> I love Willem Dafoe and anything. <laughs> I, yep, I don't care about this movie. Um, I'm so thrilled that this is coming out December 25th. And by the time we get to December next year, there will be a million other movies that I'm excited to see. Yeah, that's true. There will be plenty of A Man Called Autos that pop up, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that'll do it for films that are notable for coming out next year, at least that we know of at this moment. There's certainly other films coming out, but I just wanted to, there's, that was already a long list. So I wanted to stick to the things that were like, existing ip or like here's this cast or here's this person doing this different thing so i want to stick to those mm-hmm. um we are going to uh, give our top 10 in most anticipated order do you want to do this bec style trump rules or you just want to list it i'm just gonna list it because i don't have any film in particular or what i'm most excited about because i'm to be fair i'm going to say all these movies that are in my top 10 i'm going to go see in theaters like yeah. these are definite ones i'm going to go see and that include mission impossible Dead of Reckoning Part One, Barbie and Oppenheimer. If they if those both films release the same day, it's gonna be a back to back day for me at the theater. Um, Across the Spider Verse, Guardians Three, Renfield, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Scream Six, John Wick Chapter Four. And I know, but Shazam! I love that Zachary Levi. I'm gonna see it if they can send him off his character in some kind of way. I'll do that. Nice. We have semi-similar list but a pretty pretty different i do have mine ranked here like a good amount different that was surprised all right uh in descending order so number 10 to number one i have creed three scream six uh barbie Mm -hmm. oppenheimer Mm -hmm. uh and then here we go all the franchises uh john wick (laughs) chapter four uh across the spider-verse Seems pretty low to put that at five because I'm really excited about that one. But then we have yeah. I put Dune two at number four because I just am excited for Indiana Jones and the Dial of the Destiny more, mm-hmm. and I am excited about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three more than that. And there is no film that I am excited about more for next year than Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part one. Mm-hmm. I think that is a deserved statement earned by the work of Christopher McQuarrie from Mission Impossible: Fallout. And the dedication of Tom Cruise to these roles recently. So, yeah, um, that would be my top 10 uh, most excited for next year in, in that order. One more thing, Kristen, before we wrap up here. 
and that is the spinoff. So we've talked about a lot of movies that like are going to come out and how we're in general feeling about them. We talked about some like things that's like, well, I liked this. So maybe I like that. Anything you want to on the board, you can recommend or warn. Okay. Since we are in the season of Christmas at this point, I want to acknowledge a series that came out in like 2020 because it's a little cute romantic comedy series. It's like made for young adults and it's called Dash and Lily. And I'm just going to give like a little synopsis of the plot. It's a whirlwind Christmas romance builds a cynical Dash and optimistic Lily trade dares, dreams, desires, and in the notebook, they pass back and forth at the locations around New York City. It's a cute little series. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I saw this when it came out just on a whim, and I was it was a series that made me happy and really got me into the New York Christmas feel. Like I know we have a, like a lot of films that are set in the New York spirit. But this one really captures it as it goes to a lot of like New York places, like goes to, like the Macy's and like Herald Square and all that stuff. Like, and it's a really unique series, and I loved it. So, and the good part was it's one season, and like I, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, it got canceled. And the best part was it only need to be one season because everything is wrapped nicely in a nice little Christmas bow. So if you're looking for something different to watch this Christmas, then watch Dash and Lily. It's really really fun. Nice. So nothing to avoid. I just have been dodging a lot of bullets lately. So knock on wood, I don't watch anything else really bad over yeah. my Christmas holiday. There you go. So watch something good. All right, Kristen, would you like me to um, recommend, it's going to be a recommend um, either way, a new new release film. So a 2022 film. It's not really a new release. A 2022 film, a 2022 TV series, or mm-hmm. a 2022 video game. Oh, I've been on this video game thing recently because I just played The Last of Us in honor of the series coming out with my mm-hmm. fiance. Really enjoyed it. I even played The Last of Us Left Behind. I'm about to jump into the sequ- the sequel game soon. So give me a video game. It's like I, after playing Gotham Knights and really didn't like that game very much, okay, had been waiting to play this game. So I finally did. I, wa- I sat down and I played Modern Warfare 2, the single player, and it's quite good. It's like I, I feel like it was getting a lot of attention when it came out and they were like, hey, this campaign is good. And it's been a while since Call of Duty campaigns are good. And like my rebuttal is the 2019 Modern Warfare reboot was really good. So, yeah, no, they've they've Cold War Black, uh, Black Ops Cold War was terrible campaign. And uh, s- several of the games before Modern Warfare had been bad. But like Modern Warfare was good. So this is maybe slightly better than Modern Warfare to me, but it's still solid. I like the pace it took. I like the creativity it had in the campaign. I like the fact that some missions were five minutes and some minutes were 45 minutes. I like the characters. I like how there's enough homages back to the original Modern Warfare trilogy that it's fun, but there's also like they're doing different things. It's not it's not a remake of the original trilogy, and it's not even like, here, this character did this, so they have to do this now. So I just, I like this franchise, this Modern Warfare run, you know. And yeah, I really enjoyed the single player experience for it. So there we go. Okay, fun. I'm going to have to recommend my fiance to this one. Or I'll, I'll yeah. make him listen to this episode. Yeah, so we'll have to go. wait to the end to hear your yeah, opinion. Yeah. I'll have to force him to listen to the whole thing. So <laughs> it's look, especially if you could find a sale, it's certainly worth, you know, uh, the, the price to pay. Or if, is it in the part of the Steam sale, the winter sale that they're having? Uh, I don't know because I don't PC game, my console game. Um, oh, so I don't get Steam okay. sales. I, it's hard to imagine that it won't be at least something off, you know. 
um i just i pre-ordered it uh i didn't pre-order it. i picked it up on release day um uh, okay so because i had enough rewards points that i got it for like half off i'm like whatever i want to play fun. it but then i had to do the gotham knights review so i had to play that first okay yeah really enjoyed it uh the other things i'll just say them really quickly i was gonna recommend um i saw ambulance and i really liked ambulance mm-hmm. suck at haters and um it's okay it's fine it's michael bay at his best i will say that it's mm-hmm. fine or it's nonsense uh, and I really liked my, my wife and I just finished. I know we're, I'm going to give you this. I was thinking about saving it for next week's episode because I'm recording that in two days. But I am going to go ahead and um, this was supposed to be a TV catch up episode. So me and my wife sat down and watched all eight episodes of Wednesday. And it's great. We loved it. So Wednesday is fun because of Je- Jenna Ortega. The series itself. OK, but I would love I would have loved to seen more in the family. But it's Jenna Ortega that really makes a series. That's what I've been telling everybody. I think that with eight episodes, I think it did exactly what it wanted to do and exactly what I wanted it to do. So sure, it would have been nice to see more of the family, but then it would have been more episodes. And I think eight episodes. Was, uh, well, on that note, that's a wrap. So a uh, reminder that you can follow Kristen at some of the places she listed at the top of the show. I'll have her Instagram handle in the episode description for you. Uh, so you can just copy and paste that over there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweit Castle. And a quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to get in contact with the show, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email writersroom at sifpop.com. And please, if you're listening over to on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, drop a rating. Uh, would love that. Five-star reviews really help out the show, help other people find the show. On next week's episode, uh, we'll be talking about White Christmas with Robert for our goats segment, you know, Christmas folk coming in. So we'll be talking about white Christmas next time you see us. And then in two weeks from now, cause this is the new format. We'll officially be changing in two weeks to the watch list. Wolf of wall street. We'll be covering the wolf of wall street. Oh my gosh. That movie's almost like 10 years old now. Oh I my know, goodness. Right? This is one that I saw in theaters and haven't seen since. So I have seen this one before, but uh, this Do is a my... funny story though, before we had to cut off. Sure. I took my parents to see Wolf on Wall Street. Oh, that's incredible. If you want to scare your parents, then put on Wolf on Wall Street. I saw nah, this. One. I got I got one better for you. <laughs> Which one? Uh Civ Pop writer Shane. Hey Shane. Um Shane took his mom to see Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So Oh no. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that that one upped you there. <laughs> and, and he's told the story on this podcast, so I feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, that. I mean how could, but then there's the scene of Leo snorting cocaine off a woman's butt. So I don't know yeah. how, I just don't know how I feel. I'm just like sitting in a room for three hours with my parents and my young sister, who was only 12 at the time. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, daughter of the year right here. There <laughs> sitting there just in a chair like this. Like, oh my God, is this movie over yet? Is this movie over yet? So two weeks from now, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, it'll be the first installment of this new schedule, which is Aaron's watch list. Normally it will be two films every week that aren't the goats or the comics, but uh, because the Wolf of Wall Street is three hours, we're going to do one week. Jacob and Heath be joining me on that. So uh, we'll see you back next week to talk about White Christmas with Robert. Bye. <laughs>